Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Oh, I love these episodes, those ones where, where you don't really necessarily know the guest, you know what I mean? But then they're friends of mine, and, and they're awesome and hilarious, and this was just, this was no exception. This is a, dare I say, a delight. I'm going to use the word, I use it a lot, but this really is. I'm so excited that uh, Kenya Barris was able to come in. This guy's written for everything. He's hilarious. We wrote together. He uh, he knows Will Smith. <laughs> So, come on, get into it. This is going to be a good one. This is a good one. Uh, YouMadeItWeird.com is the thing to plug. Uh, you can buy t-shirts designed by weirdos for weirdos. You can email the show, weird at nerdist.com. And we have tour dates. If you're listening to this on Friday, the day that it comes out, I am in Indi- I am in Indiana, Bloomington, tonight, June 1st through June 3rd at the Comedy Attic. On June 3rd, we're doing a live You Made It Weird, which is going to be awesome. Chris Thayer is going to be on there. Sean O'Connor is going to be on there. And we're going to see who else who we can get on there. Uh, get on there. And that's the record for saying get on there. Uh, June 7th through 10th, I'll be at Bonnaroo. June 12th through 16th, I'll be in Chicago for the Just for Last Festival. And we're also doing a live You Made It Weird Saturday at 9 p.m. at The Hideout. Uh, I'm going to Denver Comedy Works downtown June 21st through 24th. July 19th through 21, I'm in uh, New Jersey at the Stress Factory. Uh, I'm going to Montreal for the Just for Last Festival. Uh, that's July 25th through 28th. August 2 through 5, Cleveland, Ohio for Hilarities. These are new. Uh, September 6th through 8th, Scottsdale, Arizona for Stand Up Scottsdale. And October 11th through 13th, Appleton, Wisconsin for Skyline Comedy Club. Uh, Comedy Cafe, I believe it's called. And we have a new sponsor that I have to look up. Found it. I found the new sponsor. This is for Comedy Bang Bang. This is a new show on IFC. It's uh, with my friend Scott Ackerman. He's hilarious. I've actually seen the pilot. It's amazing. It's really, really funny. I'm not just saying that. I got to watch it at one of the live shows. Starts Friday, June 8th. 10, 9 Central on IFC. It's a really weird, absurd half-hour comedy talk show that, uh, you know, I was just going to say, that breaks all the rules. And it kind of does. It's all over the place. It's very trippy and very, 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 very funny, more than uh, more than anything. Amy Poehler is going to be with the uh, host, Scott Ackerman. Watch it. Or you can view the episode now at IFC.com or go to Comedy Bang Bang on IFC's Facebook page and view it there. Reggie Watts, who does the theme for this show, does the theme for that show. He's like the band for that show. They got Zach Galifianakis, Amy Poehler, Seth Rogen, uh, Paul Rudd, I saw. It's a great show. Check it out. Comedy Bang Bang, Friday, June 8th, 10, 9 Central on IFC. Yes. Crispy. Goodbye. Hi, Catherine. Her name's Katie. We were just having a box water conversation. Oh, really? Fucking awesome, dude. Tell me about box water. Throw on those cans, Kenny. She, um, she, uh, she, she has some right there. No, I, Katie always has box water. I, we're brought to you by box water. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. We're kind of brought to you by all the things that we talk about on the show. Everything. I just like. Sh- I'm one of those people, Kenny. You know, you know this about me. I, I get frustrated all the time. I call myself the hub of the wheel. If I like boxed water, everyone's going to hear about box water. Then, like, but everyone else that I meet, I'm like, hey, I love box water, and then they're like, hey, I've been drinking it for years. I'm like, well, why the fuck didn't you tell me about box water? <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I've yet to meet someone who hasn't heard of everything that I've heard of. She and I'm says, like, well, why aren't you telling me? She says she's walking down the street and people think she's drinking milk. It's like 90 degrees. <laughs> Like Anchorman, <laughs> milk was a bad choice. Uh, what's up, man? Just hanging out, man. 
Happy it's good here. to see you. You too. It's very good to see you. Thanks for doing the show. Absolutely. This is Kenya Barris, everybody. Is it? We've begun. Oh. <laughs> That was should, the that was the best be, that was the best beginning sabotage uh, ever. Well, you you haven't listened to the show, which I wouldn't expect you to. I, I have not. We we work together. Why would you not expect me to? Because that's way too much me, man. You, <laughs> no, I would love to. I uh, love no, come on. First of all, you got five children. I would love to. You're right. Uh, no, what are you going to do? My house listen? is like Arkham. <laughs> it's all you two working the same. So. <laughs> you had me at Arkham. What's up? Oh, yeah, fucking curse it up. (laughs) (laughs) Can I curse? They just had that on the most recent Mad Men. Do you watch Mad Men? Mad Men? Mad Men? (laughs) Do you watch the Mad Men? I do not watch Mad Men. Mad Men is great. Someone told me I have such a treat in store. Oh, you do? I'm going to to Kauai tomorrow. See? By myself. What? Yeah, I'm going by myself for five days. That sounds like a Hawaiian island. Four days. A Hawaiian island it is? It is an amazing Hawaiian island. Kauai. It's the Garden Island. (laughs) It's what like, does that mean? It's the jersey of the island? No, it's like, it's like <laughs> waterfall. It's like, you know how all the other ones like beaches? Yes. Beaches here are kind of like black, like pebbly beaches. Like volcanic. It? Yes. See what I'm saying? So you don't really, but it's like amazing waterfalls and like lush forest. What? You know, like when they film Lost there. You know Not really? Like it's like that kind of like. Doesn't sound echoey. Is that just my earphones? Hello? Oh, that's better. Go on. Um, it's supposed to be like, you know, the place. And you're going alone? I'm going alone. I'm going to go right. That's fucking awesome. I remember... Say, okay, so to give people some backstory, we wrote together uh-huh. on I Hate My Teenage Daughter. Yes. <laughs> the show. We it's did. a television we show. Did. And we wrote together, and, and you... I would go... That is the name of the show. I would... We got a lot of shit for that name. We did. We got a lot of shit for I that name. I think that it, people turned on us before we even had a chance to really... It was a good the, show. That was my experience both with... Uh, I've said this many times, but Outsourced was a much better show than people ever would have ever known... Because they're just like, it's called Outsources about this guy, it's, it's racist towards Indians or whatever. Right. So people just were like, fuck that show forever. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have liked it, but maybe they would have. I, right. I don't think anybody really watched it. Same with I Hate My Teenage Daughter. I don't. Although it's a multicam. I had a hard time with multicam. I, and I, you have a hard time with multicam when you're the only multicam. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything else to really... But just like, I don't watch... Multicam, of course, for those of, of you listening... Uh, uh, that aren't into writing for television, <laughs> or I, I don't know if people know that term, but it just means in front of a live studio audience. Right. The best, some of the best shows in the world have been multi of all time. The Cosby Show, Raymond, Raymond, uh, Friends. Right. These, these are some huge Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Fucking Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Doesn't Seinfeld, Seinfeld feel, feel like it. feels like a single cam? It did feel like, a single but it movie. is a multi-camera <laughs> sitcom people in front of a clapped. fucking studio. Yeah. yeah, filmed at CBS Radford. There were they, they did. <laughs> there was a warm-up guy. People clapped. Seinfeld did his stand-up for like for the audience no. and stuff. Yeah, oh. that, all those live segments the stand-up segments he was doing them for the for the crowd that no. take people and put them in the club and he'd do stand-up for that's them that's fantastic and then they'd use it on the that. show that isn't that wild a great piece of information so he'd do like I, it's my understanding he'd do a longer <laughs> set than that actually use because like you know you can only use like 30 seconds or whatever but that that was that was filmed uh so anyway this lately though multicam has the stigma i guess we could say mm-hmm. it's it's kind of ham-handed or supposedly forced. but it's coming you know it's crazy because cbs has made 
a gazillion dollars. Yeah. And every, they win. You know what I'm saying? If you're on CBS, you become rich. Oh, you know right. Because this is all your How and I Met Your Mothers. and All uh, those shows are multi-cam. Big Bang is, is CBS? Big Bang, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike and Molly, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. All those shows, those guys get, become gazillionaires. And they, uh, Remember? Okay, that goes to our first thing. This is my first Caddy Pete thing, is that we would always walk, walk the lot. Walk the lot. Walk the lot. <laughs> Good things happen. Walk the lot. <laughs> You never know what we, happened. We were going to make a book called Walk the Lot. Walk the Lot. Because it's – okay, so this is the thing. We would be in Warner Village, these little houses that they would shoot for exteriors and stuff. Sometimes they'd be shooting like the Muppet movie On the Warner stuff. Brother Lot. Yeah. On the Warner Brother Lot. And then the writers would go to the uh, soundstage where they would be taping the show and everybody would take a golf cart and Kenya and I would always walk. We'll walk, guys. We walk. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a 10, 15-minute walk. walk. It's a fucking go- – it's always gorgeous in sunny Los Angeles, California. I mean, I guess you could – make the argument that you're tired or you don't want a sunburn or whatever but like we walked right we'd see Horses, Chuck Lorre Chuck Lorre we, we'd stars, see uh, David Kissinger uh, $200,000 electric cars yeah we, we, yeah exactly Spitzers. we saw fucking was that Ashton Kutcher's character's Chuck, car Chuck, yeah Ashton Kutcher's character it was actually Chuck Lorre's real car but Chuck Lorre has that we saw a sports car Fitzer is that what it's called Fister uh, well you can fist anybody you want. <laughs> If you have that car, the back seat reclines into a full fisting position. There's a jar of Vaseline the shape of your closed hand, and then you just get in there. You got to see this car to understand. It it's looks, amazing. it just looks like a, it looks like a silver dick, and it's, and, and it's powered by the fucking sun. There's like a little tank for gas if there's a cloud or two, but it'll it'll run on. You remember Chuck Lorre's car they would drive? Well, that's the thing. I the see, tank. Kenny, you're the best show business guy ever. We. <laughs> used to walk and would pass the uh, would pass the I guess it was the two and a half men offices the building the, the Chuck building, building. The Ch- it's called the Chuck Lorre building and it should be because he's made how many billions uh, at, least, at least two billion dollars if they're paying him I've recently been thinking about this think about these like exorbitant huge salaries if that's what they're paying this guy what has he made and what are they what are they making the studio right huge right I, I think about that all the time we'll make like a video uh, for college humor, and I, I'm very grateful to do it. And I'm like, they'll give us all this money. They'll pay for the production. And I'm like, part of me, the performer part of me, is like, this is great. I get to do what I want to do. Thank you so so much. And I'm like, wait a minute. If you're shelling out fifty thousand dollars to shoot this, what, what the making? fuck are you making? That's what I think about when basketball people complain about basketball player salaries. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, baseball players. I'm like, but yeah, but what is the team owner making? Right? This isn't a hobby for him. Exactly. You know, he's making something huge. He's wrote that check, and all, all those <laughs> players make all that money because they bring in huge. So, so as it is with Chuck Lorre. Yes. And we would walk by the two and a half men lot and would see his fucking running Escalade. All. It ran a satellite dish. It did. It had a satellite dish on top and cl- curtains. It, I remember the curtains, and I remember it would run all day. I, would, I need to be able to go when I have to go. And he wants it to be a perfect temperature. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is, it, he'd walk out of the two and a half men building. They could have been writing for eighteen he's hours. In a bubble. He's, he's <laughs> outside in a bubble. They roll him out in one of those fucking <laughs> flaming lips crowd bubbles, and then he gets into the car, and someone just starts blowing him. And if it's in the fister, he starts fisting. <laughs> <laughs> Someone immediately, yeah. but it was, so that that Fuck it. that I'm was our Clark. philosophy. We would walk a lot, and good things would happen. We would see people. A good thing deals ha- would happen. A, a good thing happened. You know, we've never talked about that on the show, but like I, uh, I ran into some people, and it led to an audition, and it led to like uh, just from running in, More just to, from running life in. happening. 
It's a life happening. <laughs> but you're one of the reasons I love you is, is you're first of all you're a very positive person, you're a very open person, and you're also like my personal hype man, which I just love. <laughs> I'd be walking around and you'd go, just making it happen. <laughs> you, you, you yell a lot. You of, used to walk around the lot and make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> just stripper dollar bills. <laughs> not not literally, but we did. That's how kind of there's an element of show business. There's an element of any business. There's that book called Never Eat Lunch Alone. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it, but mm-hmm. I got the title and I was like, I think I understand what they're saying. Yes, <laughs> You're always supposed to be kind of networking and stuff. Now that's t- tiring. But if you do get a little break from the writer's room and you get that 10-minute walk to the to the stage. Socializing, dude. It was great. And it's the world. Fucking deals are made on the golf course. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For, for countries and mm-hmm. corporations. And yeah. deals are made in passing on the lot. Walk right. the lot. Right. I would run into the JP, uh, the Conan booker for the stand-up guy. And I, look, I'm not here to say that that helped me get on Conan the second time or whatever. It didn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It does not hurt. There's this whole thing about, like, with Twitter, the people that I follow on Twitter, I see their names every day. Mm-hmm. Rob Hotel is one of the people I follow on Twitter. He was one of the wonderful writers at Teenage Daughter. Mm-hmm. I think about him all the time because I see his tweets. Sure. And then if something comes around and I'm like, Desi. who am I going to talk to? Fucking Desi. Yeah, Desi. The sharpshooter. <laughs> that staff. The can, quiet assassin. He, he, that, I, you said, I say sharpshooter on the show a lot. I called him a sharpshooter every day. Oh, he was the amazing. The quietest, most zen, almost like a Yoda. I used to hate that I didn't sit on that side because he would whisper just jewels of com- yes. comedic gold to you. Yes. What are you laughing at? I want to be part of it. Yes. <laughs> and he knew how to break my balls like he was making fun of me most, <laughs> most of the time. My first memory of Pete, first day, <laughs> first day in a writer's room is really interesting because it is a lot like the first day of school. Yes. It's like school with a lot of fucked up bad kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like the first day of detention. It's like you're going to have detention all year long with these people. And, yeah, 12 and hours to, like, a day. 12 hour day of detention. You have to jockey for who's going to be. Yes. And Pete was fucking just a murderer. Well, you're. He, his, I remember his hype, first joke hype. was let's start loving Pete. Let's start loving Pete. <laughs> and what, happened, what happened is I said something. They were like, I, and, so funny. And, and, and people laughed. And I was like, yay, let's start loving Loving me, I think I said, and tried to get a clap going to see if people would chant, let's start loving me. I loved it. And you loved it. I, you know, look, I'm not for everybody. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned that from the show. But I, I've always said that in, in the writer's room interviews, I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm a, like a mentally challenged you're more golden retriever. Than, you're not Crystal Pepsi. You know ah. <laughs> I mean, you're more for most people than most people, though. That's a, that's that's a right. very interesting well, and th- hard to do thing in a room is but, to be able to get into a room and get it popping. Yes, okay, but then it takes us uh, to return the compliment. It takes a special kind of person to be open to this idiot, right? You know what I mean? Like right. I, I could see someone just as easily being like, "Oh fuck, he's loud and he's clapping," but like that room was like, "Okay," but you've got to be funny and loud and clapping because we all know that. <laughs> Love themselves, and yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. You're like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking sock you in your face. Well, that's a weird. <laughs> that's a weird currency. Is the the jokes? Mm-hmm. Like, and we saw that unfold over the season. Mm-hmm. We did. We did uh, eight. How many episodes? Did Thirteen. We do? Thirteen. Mm-hmm. I thought we did twenty-two. No, we did. No, 13. we did thirteen. Not, not that it felt that long, but I mean, it's a haul. It's a haul, especially when you start going 
It started being, we started being so lazy. We were going back, the walk back and forth on stage. Yes. We would be like, oh, oh my God. God. I just want to stay in the middle. Watching there, the run through. Is there a median somehow? Right? Okay, yes. That, that is something worth explaining is the idea that we're watching. So the set is uh, this big audience and then stage, it's on a stage. big stage. Yeah. And then everything, of course, is facing out so they can film it. So there's the living room, there's the kitchen, and then like, you know... 150 feet down that way is the coffee shop right. and 150 feet that way is uh, Annie's bedroom or right. whatever and by the end you the writers that 150 foot I can't do it <laughs> and I've been to the run through I was okay we were at the table read and saw and heard it once then we were at the run through producers run through producers run through and heard it again then another run through studio network run through studio network run through and we have to go to a taping in between each of those there's rewrites or whatever mm-hmm. see this is, this is interesting this is stuff I never knew I, I barely no, I could barely remember what we did. Right. Remember, that was kind of my thing, too. I was like, what do we do this next? Is, this is the studio run-through. Yeah. <laughs> it's episode 10. You I'm just, this I'm, only thinking about, <laughs> I'm only thinking about jokes. It's like an idiot. I have blinders on. I never knew what day it was. I'm like, oh, the taping's tonight? And then I'd be like, I got to cancel my show. Pete, stop booking shows on Tuesday. I, I love that Pete is like the dude who would like, he'll ask the questions from the most sincere place. Like, <laughs> hey, how much money do you make? <laughs> and that was a big one in the room. Some people would tune out and, and lose their place and just try and figure it out. I'd go, I, I'm sorry, what what are we talking about? <laughs> like that guy at the, at the meeting, the board meeting. What the fuck is this meeting? I was taking a break. We would fall, look, look. People would fall asleep in the room. It's a it's a it's a natural thing. I, let's say I would. I fall didn't asleep. want to put you on the spot. <laughs> what was my name? Uh, what did we call oh you? Oh my god, I had a name. I didn't want to put you. Well, because I, I was, was the lazy black guy. You don't want to be. You are not the sleepy black guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is I had nodded off once in the room, uh, and I know for a fact Laura nodded off because she was next to me. She was pregnant though. She was napping in a writer's room for I two. I got a deep. Couple snores in. Yes, you right. did. <laughs> yes, you did. And you came back and you merged right back in. Oh my god! You merged in right back in. It, no, it, <laughs> but it's perfect. It's perfect. So it, it it is a hard job. This is what what we were going to talk about. The idea of joke currency. If you can get jokes in the script and stuff, you can kind of do whatever you want. Oh yeah, that everyone a skill. Yeah, everyone will. But if you don't get any jokes in, then it you becomes c- people start sweating by the end of the season. Uh-huh. You start realizing like, oh man, I haven't. Right. I'm I'm one joke in right. in episode ten. It's a hard thing. It's a hard job to get. It's not that hard to keep. I haven't seen people get fired really. But I wonder how you know it's kind of it's it's tricky. Every day is a little bit of an audition. Yes, you go in, and at the end of the day, writing for television, you're like, I either got jokes in or I fucked up today. I got it. Yeah, you that, either got it. I or got you it, did. guy. Remember yeah. that? I got it, guy. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I forgot about the I got it, guy. I got it. That, that, okay, that's a whole nother thing. I, yeah. I think people are interested in this inside baseball on the floor, on the floor at the stage. When we're taping the show and the audience is mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. they do a line. This is for multicam. It doesn't work. Then you'll see all the writers Everyone huddle. Dog piles. Yeah, you dog pile. Let's fix sh- that line. We got to fix it. Everybody's got to pitch it, and we're not. We can't go until because it's not working. The audience isn't. We're tried it different ways. The actors right, are not responding right. to it, and the actors are complaining sometimes. The yes. actors will be like, "This is shit. What yeah. the fuck is this? Give Come me on, a better guys. line." Right. So there's this weird. People don't think about that when you think about writing for television. You think about guys sitting around in Bermuda shorts eating <laughs> Cheetos. <laughs> right. and you know what I mean? Joey, Joe Bahama. Yeah. Exactly. But there's a live element. 
There's almost like an improv element. Absolutely. There's almost a stand-up element. A lot of those guys are the best guys in t- in in in, in t- the uh, improv well, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Because they know how to roll with it. They know, and th- and there's something about being fed by adrenaline that you go like, okay, we need a joke. I need to do this, like a, a performance element. So absolutely. it's kind of like. After show nights, I would often get the same feeling of elation that I get after doing stand-up. Absolutely. We would leave, and it was just the best. You could see there were nights when you were on fire. Everybody had a couple nights when it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you get game ball. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, like, right, you know, right, right. Had them. I, had a, I had a couple nights where you were like, oh, Yeah, yeah, see. yeah. That, that's an amazing Dan thing to had watch. Dan had some great ones. Just, that's right. Dan, the fucking writer's assistant, Who's you mean? no longer a writer's assistant. He's, that's because, well, let that be a lesson. Uh, keep going. Everybody had keep his going. back. This kid, uh, Dan, was amazing. He was one of our writer's assistants, which means it's his job to kind of sit in the room and write down what everybody's saying. Has to be the most saying. focused person in the room. You have to listen to 17 people talking at Screaming. once. Screaming, yeah. Screaming. Also, we're going to take tangents. Yes. Like 45-minute tangents. And then you have to come back and go, this is where we were. This is what you said. This wasn't important. This was important. And this kid would pitch when he pitched. It was always good. Absolutely. It'd, it'd wait until it was good. And for pe- people should know, that's probably the best way to get on a writing staff. You know, is so, right. Well, people ask all the time. Is to get, if you can, you know, we're at the point now, unless you're 20 years, 21 years old, you can be a PA. But right. your point, your goal is to become a writer's assistant and get in the room. Yes. That's how I got on. I was yes. a PA. Yeah, tell that story. Because you have an interesting coming up story. I was a, I was a, I was a born a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand you're black. I'm from LA. I, you know, all the, you know, started off school here. I think of you every time I think there might be an earthquake. You go, I'm from LA. Go, <laughs> go outside. I think of your big fuck go, what everyone's saying. Go outside. Don't get under a door frame. Uh, the building will crash on around you. That, go outside. Take your chance. I think about that all the time. <laughs> all the time. I'm worried about the earth shaking. I don't know why we all aren't. No, but you, I think of deal. your face when you go, go outside. I'm pretty sure of this one, man. No one else has an opinion. They're like, I don't know. Stay in your car. Go outside, dude. Go outside. Go outside. Go outside. You're okay. not going to get sucked up. <laughs> we're, uh, we're saving lives. Go um, outside.com. <laughs> Trust so, me. You were born a black man. Born a black man. Um, Where? Uh, L.A. I grew up in... What part? Um, I was born in... I was born actually in... in in um, Granada Hills, moved to Inglewood, was broke as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and mom were married for a long time. My dad had a um, a chemical accident. He worked for General Motors, and he lost a lung. Oh no! And um, uh, they got divorced, and I'll tell that story later. But why they got divorced? <laughs> <laughs> they got divorced. I, think I know part of that yes. story. I know part and, of it. Um, my dad lost a lung and got like this, you know, at the time it was a ton of money. It was like $7 million settlement. Who? And he had to give half of it to my mom because they were married for so long. And we moved to like Hancock Park adjacent. He loses a lung and half the money? Half the money. F- you know, fuck your life. <laughs> <laughs> we moved to, you know, Hancock Park adjacent. And it's like totally off. Like sold like two pilots off of like being that kid from Inglewood. Like literally... Ashy to classy, like right. F- go to start going to Ashy to classy <laughs> private schools, and ended up going. You know, went to school UCLA here, then transferred to. I wanted to be Spike Lee, so I went to Black College after that. Hillman, uh, uh, Hillman, <laughs> Hillman. <laughs> Denise, Denise was there with me. <laughs> Without missing Dwayne a Wayne, beat. yeah, there. Hillman <laughs> and Ron. I love Ron. He was such a good. <laughs> um, and uh met my wife there. I know I met my wife in high school, but we got together there, had sex for the first time. Oh. In my freshman year. Um of college. Wow. Nice. Uh, um and then um 
Nice. <laughs> who, who has an opinion on when you lose? Oh, that's nice. No, I didn't have sex for the first time in college. No, I, I know. With her. Right. But right. you were, you got married uh, young. Young, 22, 23. 22. That's yeah. when I was, I got married when I was 22. What I forgot mistake, that one. Dude. Yeah, I'm still in it, though. You're still in it. I've been, I've been. Wait, you're saying it. yours is a mistake? No, no, I'm saying, what? It, it was crazy to get married that young. It is crazy, it's but saying. it's amazing that you're, how old are you now? I'm 37. What is it that you say about black not cracking? It does not crack unless, <laughs> unless it's on me. I'm the oldest looking 30s. I have never looked young. <laughs> <laughs> I was a 15 year old man. I'm a 12 year old man. So, okay, black, so your black doesn't crack. You don't look old. Um, You're haunted in the eyes. <laughs> you've, you've seen darkness. You've seen things. So you got married when you were 22. Uh, Was ca- she. Knocked up? When she was pregnant, she was, we had had the baby. My, my daughter was a bastard. No, she, my daughter was born out of wedlock. Is there a girl term for bastard? I don't know. Is, is it a boy term or is it a fatherless child? I, oh, I guess you're right. I guess it's one of those things. A girl can be a bastard, but you never call a girl a bastard. You bastard. You fucking bastard. You mean bitch. But that's not right. No, I think it's a fa- I think it's a fa- Is it a fatherless child? That's the- yeah, that's what ba- 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 bastard. That- <laughs> Bastet. Bastorette? I don't know. <laughs> Next on the Bastorette. <laughs> um, anyway, PA, writer's hmm. assistant, Steve Stark put me in the writer's trainee program at, Com- at Paramount Comedy Training. Wait, what, how did, so how did you get your PA job? That's interesting. I, uh, my, my wife's uncle is this guy, Ralph Farquhar. Somehow they're related. And he had created Moesha and the Parkers. Uh-huh. And... I, I, I had started doing this documentary on, like, all the black showrunners, and I met him in, in this lady. That's, Felicia. that's like fucking Machiavellian smart. I didn't even I, That's not it. what you meant to do. Yeah, I didn't realize it, but that's how I got the job. This lady, Felicia Henderson, who I lo- owe my career to again, she was... That's brilliant, man. She gave me a job. That's brilliant. That would that would that's like a really smart move if you're like called up showrunners and we're like because they're not that unaccessible. And they're in, in that topic in, in 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 particular, right? I know how to use like I'm a fly in buttermilk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do you mean? As I'm the black guy in a sea of, of whiteness. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. And so there is, you know, I think there's like three working, four working black writers in comedy right now. That's you know crazy. I, think I probably know them. And well, you, that we make that joke all the time. If I see a black guy, ninety percent. When we're chance. walking, I just go, Kenny, what's this guy's name? Hey, you what's up, did. Yes. You did. Yeah, it so. started, sure, as friendly racism. <laughs> it, it was true. Every time I did it, you were like, ah, yeah, that's funny. What up, Tim? What's up? I tried to think of a Dijon? black name, and I came up. Tim. Frederick. <laughs> you, you, you can. <laughs> say Frederick. I say it. I get the flush of a, of a racist. I feel I feel upset by it. Uh, so okay, here you are, black man. Get your first job on, uh, on PA. writing, PAing on. I don't know, Fresh Prince or or, or no, Sister Sister. Oh sister, my god, sister. we have to talk about Will Smith. I, I, I'm, I love Will Smith. Can, I love Will Smith. <laughs> we will talk I about love Will Smith. Will Smith. We have to interject right here. We're in, we're in your origin story. I'll make uh, a note. Um, I, I, we got to talk about Will Smith. Quick, we just got PA. That's the thing that you do. PA, PA really became, then became the writer's PA, then got on to be a writer's assistant. You get in the room like our boy Dan. Yes. You're good. You're, you know, you're so little, you pitched like Dan. You would be a Not writer. that much. He yeah. was, he's exceptional. Yeah, you know he saying? did. He I was more so like the good guy who you know got an opportunity. But like, look what you just said. Like a decent guy. I was just – I just did a, uh, some shows and I met this guy and he wanted to write in TV. And, I, and it dawned on me. I was like, I don't know if that's going to work because you're kind of weird. You're, weird, <laughs> you're, you're weirding weird me guy. out. And how – I can't even figure out what the percentage is. 
of any job is can I be in a room with you for 15 oh my hours? God, that's the Are whole you thing. a complete monster? Like right. we, we joke about let's start loving Pete and high energy and stuff. But for the most part, like you can relax. All of us could relax and be decent Comedians people. Comedians are hard to be in a room with though. You were one of the ones who was because it is so often that I meet comedians who are completely always on. Oh really? You know what I'm saying? God. <laughs> that it's not like it's like they don't turn off. Yeah. And you're you were able to be a human being. Well, that's okay. So I, that applies to anybody. Yes. You're saying you got this writer's assistant job, and it's not that you were a joke machine necessarily mm-hmm. yet. Yes, but you weren't a dick. Right. What one of the secrets of the universe, that's everybody? The, that's the next book. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Walk, <laughs> walk the lot is and the sequel be, to Don't oh, Be a Dick because it starts with not being a dick. That's great. If you're a nice guy walking I the really lot, want to write these. Yeah, <laughs> walk the lot. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Seriously, this is like pearls, man. It is. And it seems so obvious, but like, you know, I think I was thinking about the when I started in stand up, I was really aggressive. Like, I'd call clubs and I'd be like, hey, it's uh, Pete calling again. Like, again? Mm-hmm. Like, I call again and again and like too assertive, too uh, confident and all this sort of stuff. Nobody likes that. Nobody People likes fucking that. Fucking pump the brakes. Relax, act like you know. Be a human being. Be a human, be being. A human being. People want to help people because that helps them. People are selfish, and if I can help you, it makes me feel good. So make me feel good. But you'd be surprised of how many people just are not um, um, part of like society. Who <laughs> 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 we'll we'll get these jobs aren't part of society and don't realize I'm going to be a normal human being. Yeah. And I'm going to have some talent and it's going to pay off. Like, it is so often you get people in this industry who are the most weird, like, unusual people. Yes. Savants. Yes. Freaks. Weirdos. Like, not really psychos, but, like, I've done some punch-ups with guys at the table. And before, we're all mingling and no one knows each other. It's just one day of of work. And I'm like, who is – what is the fucking Unabomber doing here? (laughs) And he's weird and there's, like, flies around him, like pig pen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, me and Kaczynski are going into this room. And I'm like, can somebody get this guy out of here? And the second we start – Every time he opens his mouth, you're like, what was that? Right. Like, you want to apologize to Because you're him. like, yo, you're a genius. Yeah, you're a genius. Yeah, you're a Thanks genius. for taking a you're break a from writing genius. letters to the government to punch <laughs> up the script. How's that bomb made out of trees you're working on? Hey, can you help us with this two and a half men? Yes, he can. He just sees the code of oh, jokes, of absolutely. story. Unbelievable people. One of the funniest writers, I mean, he's super rich too, created a great big show. One of the funniest writers I ever worked with was probably on the verge of like not making it in life. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like he would do, like he was just, he was such a funny guy. I mean, he's listening, you know how I'm talking about, but I love you. He would do the funniest stuff. He would like, Bring in his residual checks from like his show. It'd be like a two million dollar residual check, and he'd drop it on the table. He'd be like, "Who's two million dollar residual? Oh, that's mine. Sorry." Guys. Ah! <laughs> but he would somehow two million dollar check. Two million dollar check. This is a racket. This is a racket. Like, that's what you feel like sometimes when you look at your check. Sometimes you're like. Oh, I've licked the system. People are going to find out. Right. People are going to find well, out. Well, you get that fraud feeling. I, I'd oh, like to go on the record absolutely. right now. I've never seen anywhere near that much money. But like, I know that when I'm in a room, I'm sitting next to people who get good oh, money. Oh, yeah. If it were a hit, if the shows we were on went four, five, six seasons, then our showrunners would be dropping $2 million oh, residual sure, checks. Sure, Maybe sure. not as a joke. No, right. But <laughs> that, that, that's but fantastic. That's, their thing, yeah. that's but, what that guy did. But he would do stuff also like disappear for a week. Really? Oh, yeah. Don Draper style? Yeah, he'd like disappear for a week. See, when you see Mad Men, you're going to love that reference. It. You're going to love that reference. Just gave one up on the right. What, a burp? Yeah. Is that is that black for burp? Gave one up? 
No, just that's just me saying. I just, <laughs> almost threw up in the mic. <laughs> it's a hearty, is that hearty belch. Can I ask you a weird black question? Sure. I was thinking, is there any not weird? Black yeah, questions? no, I know. But you and I, we're like actually friends. Yeah, and I have a huge philosophy that I don't like to be friends with people. Yes. who don't talk about race with me. Right? Because I feel like... Well, you yeah. and I are horrible. We're racist, horrible. Oh, but everyone like, it's is. So... That, those are the people who are not really <sighs> racist. I mean, right. we, we find... We let the valve... There's no tension on that valve. No. That valve is spewing constantly, and at least it's reliable that I'm going to go, hey, you know this guy, or yes. whatever it is. Yes. I feel when people try to be too, like, down, and like, yes. like it's nothing, like, I don't see color. Right. I'm like, dude, come on. You have a black boy in your trunk right now. Like, <laughs> There is no way that you oh, can no. possibly not see color. You Open say, your trunk. Right. Hey, man, we're you all... You notice that I wear a different pair of tennis shoes every day? Yeah. You... That doesn't ring as a stereotype yes, you. You're yes, a fucking yes. liar. <laughs> That's one of the great things about the writer's room is it was this safe place where it was just understood. Mm-hmm. Remember when we were with Bonks and uh, and, and I, I pointed out the Dia de los Muertos painting? Favorite joke. One of your favorite jokes. I was like, hey, look, Bonks. So she's Mexican. And I call her Bonks. <laughs> first of all, for, for bonkers. First insult, because she was real, really new agey, which I am too. But I like making fun of people that are like me too. And I'm just like, hey. Bo-. She was like a new age vato, though. Like she yeah. was like yeah, yeah. really Mexican. It's a special thing. Uh, and, and she fun. was really, in- yeah, she was good looking. Uh, she was love you, Bonks. Love you, Bonks. <laughs> Definitely, Bonks is not listening to this. She's up in where no. does she live? Like fucking the, the Ukraine. <laughs> she would commute like six hours to work every day. She'd just sleep there. It was sad. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we're on. We're on the set. This is an example of. Uh, I'm not going to say this isn't racist, but the point was that it was racist. Right. And Bonks was my friend, and you're and we're standing there, and we're looking at this painting of Dia de los Muertos, and I go, Hey, look, Bonks, that's that's pretty Mexican. <laughs> Do you want that painting? And she, uh, without missing a beat, goes, yeah, I'm going to steal it. And then I go, that's doubly Mexican. And then we proceeded to laugh for about 15 minutes. I love that, Does anyone really think that I think that, like, is real? Like, I think we laughed and laughed, and it was cathartic and cleansing and lovely. Oh, that's that's the thing. Like, the dude I was telling you about that was the crazy rich person. Yes. Just unbelievably funny and great guy. Doubly Mexican. I, I, uh... I ran out of the room one day because I had to use the bathroom. And he goes, hold on, what happened? Is there a looting I don't know about? Uh, and I was like, oh, I love this dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's right on the epidermis, as right you always there. used so to say. to the surface. Just keep it on the surface. <laughs> the people that boiling it in the furnace of their black hearts, oh, you know, that's, that's who you got to look out for. Oh, my God. Here's my weird black, here's my weird black question for you, my friend Kenya. Is, uh, I, was just, <laughs> I was just in Atlanta. and uh, I was, <laughs> Most weird black questions start like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Atlanta, and I was walk- I was I went for a long walk, and you know it, it wasn't that I was in a I was just in a black area. It wasn't like a bad area. It was just That's everywhere. Atlanta. Okay, yeah, it's in a black area. We call it Atlanta. <laughs> and I was noticing that like there seems to be a burden on black people. This is what I'm putting to you to be cooler. Okay, there's like it, it, like. Take Eminem, for example. Okay. Eminem doesn't act like a white guy. He acts like a black guy. Like in interviews, he's like, he talks quietly mm-hmm. and he doesn't, no sudden movements. It's all that like chill mm-hmm. hip hop mm-hmm. thing. And that's mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Not all black people yeah, yeah, can yeah. paint with that broad of a brush. But a certain type of kind of hip hop cool black guy, it seems kind of tiring. Like you have to be cool. And then the theory that I came up with was I was like, 
If you act like a fucking goof, if you walk around just singing and flailing your arms and being corny or whatever, you're probably – That's what it is. You're, pro- <laughs> you're probably from a nice area. Yeah, you'll get fucked up. But if you live in a dangerous area, you have to act cool. That's where the no sudden movements. It's almost like growing up in the Midwest uh, with horses and stuff. If you act like a fucking idiot, you'll scare the horses and someone's going to kick you in the face. The horse will kick you in the face. So there's this sort of like – if you live in, a, in, in the inner city or whatever, you act cool too to not – draw attention you don't want anyone harassing yes. you so then i was like, i will say that that is that it was less a black thing that particular thing i do agree with is less a black thing and more of a socioeconomic well that's thing. that's what it was i would that's what that's the revelation i had i was like this isn't about race right. this is about i live in i grew up in lexington massachusetts if you want to rollerblade down the street with a, a cape you know what I mean? Like throwing a, a, a birthday cake to dogs. Daisies. And just go, yeah, and throwing daisies and just being like, this is me! Right. Or whatever. It's okay. It's fine. Right. But if that same person, white, black, or whatever, grew up in a tougher area, that's where you get that Eminem front end behavior where you show you your don't ice feel, grill. You don't want to be, you don't want things to feel like they affect you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to look as the person who is. It's always like, like I told you, one of my favorite um, Cosby. I'm really like a, a dude. Like when I go to someone's house, I'm like, this fucking house is fucking amazing. Right, you know what I'm right. I didn't always wasn't always that way, but I've become like really like I trip off of people when they come over pe- nice people's house or see people with nice things and don't mention that that's nice because they feel like that that's too being yes, too involved. Yes, yes. When you are when you're kind of growing up in the hood, you don't want to be the dude who's like. Who really ever gives a shit? It's always kind of like it's protected. Whatever, it's protected. Whatever he shot him in the head. Whatever, right. His brains on the ground. Right. It's whatever, man. I don't care. You can, it's a it's a luxury to get worked up. You oh, know, yeah. like in the suburbs, someone cuts themselves chopping up some celery. It's a big deal. Let's scream and freak out. You know. Right, right. But if someone gets, uh, you know, for your example, shot, fucking act cool. It's right. only going to get worse. You could if be you next. Start, you could be next. <laughs> Yeah. Calm down, man. You might be next. I, that was my m- revelation. I was like, because I grew up in Lexington, I was afforded the luxury of being a goof. I right. could be a goof. Right. No, and, and I know uh, white Italian guys from Queens Super who cool. would tell me the same thing. Yeah. They would act cool Irish because they didn't want to get jumped. From, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My Super- fucking father. Yeah. My father from fucking Southie growing up with, you know, he's Irish and all that sort of stuff. Cooler than me, right. certainly. Right. <laughs> and then I grew up in Lexington. I was like, let's do some jumping jacks or whatever the fuck. Because I, I was in a safer place. Right, right. In, on Halloween in my neighborhood, people didn't get egged. You know what I mean? Like, we went and got free candy. Right. That's what we you did. part in Halloween. Exactly. Yeah, we participated in it unironically for Halloween. fun. Right. Dressed nicely in funny costumes and were given treats for it. Right. And then you hear, I hear my friends uh, who grew up in New York City and they're like, oh, on Halloween you stayed inside because you'd get fucked up. And right. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, it was like International Night of Getting Fucked Up. <laughs> Was it I knew for people you? who really went out to fuck people up and steal candy. No. Oh, let's, let's go fuck people up and steal candy. That makes me so sad. Oh, yeah. It's, it bothers me. I, but, okay, so you, uh, as a black man, do you feel any of the burden to be cool, to act cooler? I don't think I that know I, that's a weird question. No, I'm no, sorry no, no, for I get it. I don't, representing I think, white people so poorly. I, I think that I... I think that I am kind of just laid back in general. You know right. what I'm saying? I have like highs and lows, really manic and, and, and lows, you know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever. But I feel like 
I definitely know how to be in certain environments. Right. You know what I'm saying? Donald Glover was like, I completely love. You know what I'm saying? He's like Childish Gambino as a rapper. Right. Speaks about it so well on his album. You know what I'm saying? Like, he speaks about, like... Speaks about this specifically? This specifically. Because he's a dude from the projects, but no one really took him from a, uh, as a dude from the projects. You know what really? I'm saying? Because he was a little bit different. His parents turned into a... Right, the theater stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But he, he talks about, like, you have to... There's a there's like really great books, you know what I'm saying? Like we the duality of being black in America is that I have to speak naturally two languages. I'm bilingual because I have to be able to speak white mm-hmm. and I have to be able to speak black. And it does people don't really think that that as two languages or two but I have to know how to be in my community and how to function in that community. But for the most part, I have to know how to function in the mainstream community, especially for what I do. Right. As a as a white person, I think that you can just go and live your life. And there is a certain freedom to that, to just be like, wherever I go, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to smile. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> right. going to smile and right. wear shitty tennis shoes. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, this is, I, I wore this t-shirt yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that there's something like, there's something freeing to that. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man, it's fucking wrinkled. I wore it yesterday. It's right, awesome, right? Right, right, I'm trying to get it more dirty. You know? Right. But I feel like there is a little bit of an added pressure to the idea that you have to constantly kind of go between those two worlds. And right. I feel like that's the great thing that I, I really liked about Teenage Daughter. I love about you. I just love about certain people is that, and I think I really believe one of the reasons Obama has become like the super Negro is because I think white people really like that he's still a black dude. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. But he he doesn't try to, there's these black guys who have really come out and assimilated completely within white culture. Mm-hmm. Black people and white people don't like that. Nobody likes right. the dude who's not themselves. Everybody laughed at Carlton. <clears throat> yes, because he was a joke. You know what I'm right, saying? But right, right, Barack is an intelligent dude, but he clearly still speaks black. You know right. what I'm saying? He's, well, this kind of goes to our favorite, which, William Smith. Yeah, he's he's that guy. Will Smith is fucking stra- – Will Smith is the line. When you're straddling the line, you're straddling Will Smith. Yes. He, he can be uh, – I feel like I don't have the authority to speak this way, but I, I think he can be what you're saying. He is. I mean, he's I, – I, it's so really interesting. I've recently, you know, the last few years gotten a chance to become somewhat, you know, friendly and just work with him. You know what I'm saying? Right. I love I'm, sending you pictures. <laughs> like on, uh, on Sunset, there's two billboards of Will Smith. And, and I sent you a photo and I was like, it's just your friend. It's, <laughs> it's your buddy Will. You know, he's, I mean, literally has, it's so interesting getting to be around him and because I'm such a fan. I'm a, I'm a I fan. I grew up being such an incredible fan. You know fan. who else is? He, he's black Tom Cruise. I love the mainstream. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed to be like, I like Will Smith. I like Tom Cruise. Absolutely. I like Matt Damon. You know stars. what I mean? Stars. Give me the stars. Yeah, fucking stars. Yeah. I, I, like, uh, I like Daniel Day-Lewis. I like, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody cool. Phil I like Hoffman. Phil Hoffman. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I like them too, but I also like to eat a fucking huge thing of popcorn and watch Will Smith punch an alien in the face. Absolutely. And I'm supposed to apologize for that because I, I live in a cooler world. You know, it's so interesting and getting to be around him and getting the honor of being able to like you know work with him and be around him and stuff. I've the scene. I did some stuff with Cosby. You know, I, yes, I, I did. You know, I, well, you got to you got to you got to tell a couple things. What? I did some stuff with Cosby. I, you know, I've you know I created a show with Tyra. I've done stuff with Russell. I've been really lucky in being black. Right, that I was able to. Because there's so few of us. Well, that's uh, the, the thing that's hard, I think, at the beginning. People might be more reluctant to, to hire a black guy. Sure, I, absolutely. Certainly, I'm sure you've run into that as well. But then once you're in, now you're one of the Hollywood 10. Oh, yeah, you, and you become <laughs> more more accessible in, in that community. Right. You start realizing how small the community is. And I would have never grown up to say, like, 
I'm doing a project. I was going to do a project with Russell Simmons. I'm going to do a project with Tyra. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do a project with Will. I'm going to do a project with Bill Cosby. I'm going to do a project. And I've been right. able to understand how lucky I am in some aspects to be black. And as much shit as I take and complain about, like, you know, Chris Rock has this great joke. I'm just going to ride my, this white thing out for a while. You I, say that to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. You say that to you me all the time. You have hit the white guy lottery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say that to me all the time. I'll call you and tell you something, and you're like, just seeing where that white thing takes you. Huh? <laughs> it's going to work right, out. Right, right, right. It's going to be okay. Yes. It's going to be I okay. I called you, you're like, I didn't, I didn't take the job. I'm like, that was the holy grill. I was like, oh, you're white. You're, ah! you're riding this out. <laughs> I, right well, you've given me some wonderful show business advice. <laughs> you have, you definitely have. So stay on this. Well, I want you to tell the story. There's so many fucking stories. I, I wanted to have you on, not just to tell these stories, but this is partly why. Tell the story of uh, the joke that you always make with uh, when Cosby. you went to Cosby's house. So I was doing. <laughs> I grew up literally. Bill was like my second dad, as he was even why a lot of he white was guys. My second you know dad. He was like. For real. Looking, for real. Like, I for mean, real. that I, I was thinking, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that, yeah. that thing with uh, Theo with the money, he's like, I'll be a regular person. Yes. And I'm a pilot. Sorry, sorry to do kind of like a weird black voice there, but I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I like doing impressions. I one time got really mad in the room because I did impressions of everybody on the staff. And then I did my impression of you. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what I'm saying a lot. And I said, literally, <laughs> a lot of declarative <laughs> statements. And I kind of uh, tried to do your voice. And people laughed less. And I was like, fuck y'all, because it was a little black. I was like, Why? Am I allowed to do a really offensive impression of Rob Des Hotel? But the second I try and just sound like you, it's like everybody's like, uh, we're too white to laugh at that. But he says, uh, because I remember Theo says baloney and Syrio. Syrio. S C E R E O is how he says Syrio. So I always. Who's an incredibly articulate guy, by the way? Malcolm Jamal? Um, oh, I'm sorry, you know him? I do know Malcolm. <laughs> I'm friendly with Malcolm. So, so would you say then he was affecting trying to? No, I think that as he grew, and that's one of the fucked up parts about it. Like, I have five. I'm married. I'm saying I'm married. My wife's a doctor. Like, we have five kids. Yeah, like, you're the Cosby Show. I have sold the Cosby Show as yeah. a show. You know what I'm saying? And we are, you know, we're the new version of what that is. But in general, TV writer, doctor. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Five kids. You know what I'm saying. All, yes. in, pri- all in private school. We are broke. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we, it is you the fucked up part about it is you grow out of being black and that's something i'm trying to not make my kids do well that's i i say it a lot as a joke i like saying to my white friends and i say it to you too but like i say it to everybody is the point i say say i say stay black because yeah. i think that's a funny thing but it's there's also a true thing oh, to absolutely, it dude. where in the community i'm guessing people are like you're losing oh my god dude. isn't that kind of what oh hell yeah to a certain like, extent I, that's what malcolm x was all about and i'm guessing absolutely okay, like i, I thought what, like, if, what if i was no, really I mean, wrong just then that no, is not I, no, what i think that he wasn't losing <laughs> black he found found truth for him which wasn't just about being black anymore he right. found he found his truth within his spirituality right Whatever, like a malcolm x conversation but he found his truth within his no, spirituality please. which came from where the true where, where the origins of islam came from and right. it was like this is more this is different you know he was a black muslim which is more militant which is more of a some people it's more of a, a movement you know so mm-hmm. it's like a cult in some aspects mm-hmm. but it's more you know and he was like this isn't truthfully what my truth really is i'm i'm true to the religion and to the spirituality of this and that wasn't what this was and that's where he made the break and had all the problems with it. but i felt the same thing like every day and i'd say 75 to 80 percent of my friends now you know what i'm saying my closer friends are white you know what i'm saying or are other you right know what I'm saying? Um, well, you and i have talked about that the losing a little bit of you do you start to lose it and you and now and you're I saying cereal so now you stop now you're saying cereal you know what i'm right. saying and it's not the, it's 
you know, you can go you can go to England for a year, you know what I'm saying, and you'll pick up vernaculars right. and things like that. And I, so I feel like as you start to financially change your situation, you geographically change your situation, right, then right. you then socially change your situation and, right. and and subsequently you find yourself sort of losing what this country or what in this because we're the only people who really look at black people, black and white and race in the way that we do. You start losing there's another one. <laughs> you start losing what it is to, you know, traditionally be black. You know, you sometimes start, you take the bus home just to touch home, just to go home, just to go. Sometimes, you know, but I'm shit. I'm I do not want to go to the hood. You know, what I'm saying I'm from the hood. Some people say whatever they want. I don't want to fucking go. Uh, you know I, look, I can't pretend that I I'm relating fully, yeah. but I used to live in Bushwick, and when I go back to New York, I, I'm always like, maybe I'll go back to my old. And I'm like, I fucking. I'm not like afraid to go to the area no. that I used to live in because in that area people were getting jumped all the time. Or... I'm a ta- I'm the target. I'm, yeah. I'm the target I would have been looking for. You know right, what I'm right, right, I'm right. Like... You know how to play ball. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not going to be uh, stupid or whatever. Right. Yeah, you'd be a delight to mug. Yes. <laughs> and I I'm, I'm probably and I I'm still the black dude, so I still will walk around with pockets full of money. Right, right, right. But I feel like I gotta tell that Will Smith. <laughs> tell that Will Smith story right now. People just have happen to have, and it's not just in general. I know black people will get money, and we will have tons of money, and we will keep pockets full of money. Love, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of money. You know, because it's something inside of us. We still kind of have. There's this thing called like dope boy swag. When you're growing up and you're kind of in the hood, whether you're in the hood or not, you're growing up. There's some type of thing that you kind of look to and you feel like these dudes who are kind of like ghetto superstars, you know what I'm saying? Right. They walk around with, you know, like, you know, dope boy wads, which are wads of money. And you sort of don't lose that. You know what I'm saying? Right, because we were talking about how most celebrities don't really carry wallets and stuff. Like, this, the status is the opposite. But you if don't I have around, a phone. You don't have a wallet. They don't have the need to be pick up the phone. Right. They, someone else is driving you. Someone else is ca- answering your calls and stuff. And someone is paying for everything And for you, you go around black people who have yeah. money. And yeah. a lot of them, even you're like, I know you don't need... They'll carry, you know, wads of cash. Yeah. Because it's... My dad, after he got the settlement, I remember going to his house and him literally having... Cans falling out of his uh, out of his his uh, cupboard, and right. I was like, "Why?" I realized what it was is he grew up so broke right. that he was afraid of not having food in the house. He remembered not having food in the house, and it's just this mentality. Yeah, and it's even though you that black card can spin and you can get a jet and do whatever. Right, there's something about having currency. You know what I'm saying, man? I'm about- actually with you. I like having <clears throat> cash, and I learned that from my father, who also grew up kind of you know not not poor poor, but when he made it for himself. Yeah, my dad has cash. Yeah, on him. Yeah, cash. And so do I. Yeah. And so do you. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. yeah, and I make sure. To be honest with you, I'm. So, I always tell my daughters. I always tell my wife. I go get cash for them. Keep a little cash on you. Yeah. I don't know why. And it's. I don't. My I dad think, always says you feel better with a little money. You in feel your better. And you I, do. And I think that's the thing of like, like I, I'm sitting here with this fucking watch on and stuff like that. Right. Things. Like, but you get to a place where you're like, I think it is very cultural. I where thought you yes. want to have chains on, right? You want, and I well, think- that's, I was just going to say the Kanye line where he's like, "It's in the black person's soul to rock that gold." Yeah, I hear about that, and and I think that's what we're talking about a little bit. Yeah, whereas that white guy thing you were saying is the dirty I shirt. I want to be as grungy. It's and, the opposite. Yes, and I and I wish that I I wish that we had that. I, some of my friends whose parents are fucking went to school with like someone who's like the J C Penny era. This there, some people like they will walk around in like. I call it like white boy derelict grunge. Remember derelict from Zoolander? It was like the oh yes, yes, yes. And it's like 
the shittiest of chords with like the shit they want. Buddy, they are trying to get their van. To every the time we saw like a, a, a huge fucking white famous uh, TV producer type, I can't remember what Chuck Lorre was wearing, but I bet it was light colored jeans and a t shirt. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's the, that that need to outwardly impress. Right, it's not the Prius. The Prius is like the white guy Benz now. It is the you know white guy Benz, and I feel like I, I have a lot of friends that could afford better than a Prius, sure. and they all drive Prius. And it makes me feel really. I remember I drove up next to David Cross when he was David Cross, mm-hmm. and he could not have been in a shittier car. Like yeah. it was almost a bit. It was yeah. so shitty. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, <laughs> there is something freeing to the the idea of like not having to impress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not having to. But isn't there like because we're, we're talking about the, a little bit of flash, a little bit of uh, that uh, freshness? Mm-hmm. I'm so white, but crispy. I'm saying there's also something. <laughs> yeah, crispy. There's something about being crispy that's also uh, nice. I'm gonna be crispy for the rest of my life, right? Uh, absolutely. Well, I we care. always used to talk about that. You and I both like like sneakers. Yes. Not, not me as much as you, yeah. but we both like Jordans and all that. No, sort you're, of stuff. And you're a big guy. I'm a taller guy. You know, so right. I think that's a lot to do with it too. You right. want to have some support and some right, right, sure. Yeah. But I also want to wear like I, I get the very white sneaker thing. Sure. I get that. Sure. I understand. Sure. There are some days when I, like I'm wearing fucking flip flops right now. Right. I get that. But then there's some nights when you go out and I want to wear my fucking Agassiz. Yeah. You want to wear nice ki- kicks. Yeah. You absolutely absolutely want to wear a nice kicks. kick. You know and then when we had lunch the other day, the waiter came over and he said, nice kicks. And I was like, you're goddamn right, nice kicks. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like you talking about complimenting a nice house or me complimenting your watch right now, which I did internally. There's, some, <laughs> there's something nice about just being upfront about it. Like you're wearing nice shoes. Nice shoes. Thank you. I'm clearly wearing these incredibly white shoes you can see from space. Right. Why not mention them? Right. I do. I right. love doing that. Right. I, nice shoes. Where'd you get them? Right. eBay. Drunk. Oh. <laughs> me, me and eBay. It's a buy, buy it now. It's a problem. When I'm drunk, I'm like, I'm going to think of everything that I had when I was a kid that I loved, like the Agassiz. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to wear them again. $350 light jacket. Ah, that, is, that is not true. But you did, you did make fun of me for buying a, a light jacket that was like, I don't know, it was like $150. No, it was more than that. Okay. I don't, I don't, and you were like, I was like, is that a lot for a jacket? And you're like, a light jacket? Literally way too much. But so, I think that that is something that I always feel like. There's a part of me that's proud of that, you know what I'm saying? Because I well, like, there's something cool about it. I like, and that's the you know, I like fucking, you know, what I'm saying, get the fucking Lexus or whatever. I like fucking, I like a powerful, nice car. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. it drives good. And you have a dope car. Get in and out of traffic. Yeah, <laughs> I like. You know, what I'm saying, I'm into tennis shoes. I'm into sneakers. And you, I, last time I was with you, you just bought a new car. I just got a new. Car. And I was like, is this your new car? <laughs> How many fucking cars do you have? But I feel like there is some. But at the same time, I do feel like. There's something hard about the idea of like it's a fucking job within a job. You know what I'm saying? Being black, you mean? There's like it becomes part of your character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even though it wasn't who anybody in the room was, I started feeling a certain responsibility to like, like oh they're like what what shoe is he gonna wear today? It becomes right. part of who you are. You Interesting. Know what I'm and I feel like you know all of this is about in terms of guys or even guys and guys if you're gay or whatever or girls and girls. You you want to do with you want to do with the people you're trying to attract like interesting and yes. black girls yes. like dough you know what I'm saying they want security women in right. general like security right but black women well you know it's interesting that you say that I, I've just recently uh, who what did we I don't know if we said this on the show yet but the idea of clothes like wearing nicer clothes I've known my whole life 
I've, I've never been single before, so you, you want right. to like flirt with a girl or whatever. If you're wearing like nice clothes, like Nick Kroll clothes, yeah. you'll be good. He's like, a nice dress guy. He's a nice dress guy. And what does that say? It's like it's basic evolution. The guy with the least ratty loincloth gets the hot cave woman. Right. But that's and that's and, and he's I got t- the dope cave. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And I think that the thing- <laughs> he's got the flat screen, the, le- the less rotten meat. Yeah, he's like, you want some crystal? It's just it's just a crystal. <laughs> um, but I feel like you know that's 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 a pressure. That's a pressure. But I I feel like it is something. But you also participate in it. I do. I. Fully fucking participating right. in it. You know what I'm saying? And you also have that permission to do it. See, the, I, I think what I'm hearing is white people are kind of like uh, Blade, even though Blade is black. Uh-huh. Uh, he has all the power of the vampires, but he can also go out during the day. He's a daywalker. He's a daywalker. Yes. So white people are daywalkers. Yes. If we want, we can wear the L.L. Bean and the flip-flops and be like, hey, and you'll be fine. And there's a freedom to that. And if you want, you can Jamie Kennedy it up. Fucking TJ dresses pretty black. Uh-huh. Uh, you know my, my, yeah, my friend yeah, yeah. TJ. He Love wears him. like, uh, you know, fucking chains. He wears like chain, like right. chains and rings and hats <laughs> and stuff that you would be like if you showed someone the outfit just laying on a bed and said, "It's a black guy's outfit." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone would say black guy's outfit. But so TJ Is he from the south. He's a daywalker. He's from Denver. Yeah, Denver. <laughs> Sorry, that's for people who, who like that impression. But yeah, he. So he's from Denver, which is. You know, Caucasian mm-hmm. capital of Central. the world, pretty right. much. Right. Everyone's there's a pretty, born with there's skis. Some streets of Denver, though. I'm sure. Banging. I mean, Colorado. But Denver has some. Oh, know, really? Some shootings and shit. TJ will tell you about it. There's some. It goes down in Denver. Well, I don't want to speak for all of Denver, right. but I am picturing the White Cap Mountains. <laughs> Even the mountains are white. <laughs> it's the, you know, it's crazy. For I, every city I go to, I go to the hood. Is that I, right? I have to see the hood. I want to see what the hood is like. It's. I, it's so interesting that you say that. I don't want to live there, but I want to see what it looks like. Right? What, what are you looking for? I want to see so, – I think it's so interesting. I think so much of this country is sexuality and race. I think those are the two things that so – It's hard to get away from those things. I think they're the things that define us as a country. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Our sexuality. Like we're seeing all this stuff with gay marriage and things like that. And race. You know what I'm saying? We say, you know, black president, gay marriage. It's like those are the things that define us. And ultimately those things end up leading to like – your social status, your economic status, you know, and, and kind of go back and forth. It, it was it was so interesting. I was at we all went out to lunch recently. All, all the writers and Peter organized it. Sorry, guys, who weren't there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just totally outed me to a couple people. Um, but uh, and there, you know, people were talking about what they're going to do, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, I might go. I was just for everybody know I, my last show I was on was called The Game. It's on BT. Um, I was like, I don't know, I might go back to the game. And everybody was like, oh, you know, why are you going to do that? You can easily get a job. And I, I could get a job somewhere else, but for me, at the particular time, I have four pilots, you know what I'm saying? I have another show. You mean shows that you sold? I've, a pilot is a show I've sold. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I have four pilots. I have another show that Pete was gracious enough to be on. It's called We Got Next on Hulu, May 30th. Please watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Got Next. In. Um, but. They were the show that would allow me to do it. And one of my other pilots is at BET, Mar and Salim, who I love and are huge writers and producers on their own, offered me this amazing opportunity to come back. And I, you know, but people were like, oh, you're going back. And I, and I get paid just as much, if not more, than I do on a regular show. But I think that there's something really interesting to um, the ideology of like being. I, I, being black, you know what I'm saying? Like being this person in this in this and staying this, on BET and staying and like and I'm like it's, it kind of bothers me because honestly the game 
has five million viewers a week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's it, huge. It, 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 and when it premiered, it got eight million viewers. It broke every cable record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever like right. it broke the Sopranos, Sex in the right. City. It was the highest watched premiere in cable history. Right. And people brushed it off somehow. Right. And, but is that a is that a dynamic thing? Like I, I feel like that's happened before. Huge shows like the Jamie Foxx show, for example. Well, it wasn't, wasn't that, on cable, but it was it was a big show. That yeah. was popular. Yeah, it was popular. It was a popular sure. show that I don't feel like anybody really talks about. <laughs> it's it's so institutional racism to me, and I feel like it's it, I was well, that that is that advertising? Is it is it about like uh, I think that it's not considered when they say eighteen to thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Are they talking about white males? They're talking about. And eighteen think, to thirty nine is the is the key demographic that most shows 18 34, are trying. To, eighteen right? to thirty four. Yeah, um, I think they're talking about people. I mean, it's really interesting. They're probably honestly talking about all black people are huge consumers. Go to the hood. There's fucking Cadillacs and new cars, right, and bikes, right, and we right, buy shit. We right. spend. I told Will my big joke was you know Will he, Smith. No, Will Calhoun. Oh, who I love. <laughs> next to. He was you know we would talk about like top model and stuff like that, and I'd be like, "Yep." He's like, "How much money?" I was like, "I'm spending it all, Will." I was like, "I'm I'm not going out with anything." Right, I'm right, 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 right. Because I do think that so we we are a big. Well, there's there's a a, a weird uh, white thing. It goes back to the dirty T-shirt. It goes back to Bill Gates wearing a crusty fucking mm-hmm. sweatpants or whatever, <laughs> looking homeless. There's there's something. You know, I, I know I've said this on the show, but but I love this analogy. The idea of dragons used to guard gold and virgins mm-hmm. because we need to slay something and to allow ourselves to enjoy certain things. Mm-hmm. There's a prudence. Mm-hmm. And white people love being prudent. We're the inventors of this weird sort of pinched asshole. Like, you don't – you die – Fucking loaded. Mm-hmm. Like I've never under like I, I'm even you know a, a little bit better than my parent. Better if it's a good thing because mm-hmm. my mom will be like, "There's this old credit card, and for some reason they never moved my billing address, and it kept coming, and it was a bill for 130 dollars." And she's like, "You can't, you can't pay it, you can't pay it." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna pay it. <laughs> I'm gonna pay it. No, you know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay it because this. it's it's either 130 dollars or 15 hours on the phone." And back and forth, and I because I did call, I tried. It's not worth it. I though. called and I tried, and they were like, "Well, you have to send us a Xerox of this and this and My this." And I was like, "More than this." Fuck you, man! I didn't say fuck you. I was like, "Okay, I'll do that." And then I went online and paid it. Like, uh, I look, that's reckless, I suppose, and irresponsible. I didn't always have one hundred and thirty dollars. I currently do have one hundred and thirty dollars, <laughs> and I'll happily buy fifteen hours of my life for one hundred and thirty dollars. But there are. Sure. Uh, and the people that I know, these white people that I know that I'm thinking about, you know, will contest a $10 parking ticket for the principal, and they're sitting on a mountain of gold. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, at what point do you just uh, do what you guys, you guys, right. I'm just, I was going to say black it up. I, I'm trying not to be offensive. I'm just saying, I think, at what I point think do you go like, fuck it, I'm going to buy a new TV. When I bought a car, buy a new car. Buy a new car. Right. Why are we leasing? There's a certain if you level. Don't, I don't know what I'm saying. No, no, it makes sense. There's a certain level of like, I think, social and, and financial ignorance that comes with like your situation. And that's not black or anything. That's based on where you grew up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think if you grew up in... In, in in the in, in the Vario, I think if you grew up in well, in, that's because my mom grew up in Lithuania. Yeah, you know if you what grew mean? up in, yeah. in, in what, is, what is what is that? Is that a ghetto? Is it Lithuania? Yeah. yeah, that's certainly a ghetto. You know I'm saying sure. if you grew up in certain things, you don't have the intelligence or the, or the know how to say this is what I'm going to do. And I actually don't know what town in Lithuania it was. Anyway, go on. Um, but yes, it was but rough. I, but I noticed, like you know, like someone who I really have a lot of respect for is Will's producing partner James Lasseter. Super smart guy. You know, I, I, arguably. 
so interesting to me that his name is not brought up in the biggest producers in town because he produces the biggest movies. Right. But I've learned so much from him. Just certain, you know, certain things. We've become friendly, and he's, you know, definitely someone I look to in, as a mentor in some aspects. But he'll say to me, like in terms of picking out movies for, you know, Will, whatever. He's like, you know, we're not doing movies for a black lead. You know what I'm saying? He's like, we're doing movies for a lead, unless it happens to be a movie he want to do. Like they're doing Uptown Saturday Night Live right now. Uh, Uptown Saturday Night with Adam McKay is directing it, whatever. You know, that happens to be something different. But like, what is that? I, it's uh, it was a movie with Sidney Poitier and, and Bill Cosby back in the day. It was a really famous, oh, okay. like, like one of those. I guess it would have fell under black exploitation, but it really kind of wasn't because they were so big. Mm-hmm. But like, I love the idea of like he's gotten to a certain level, but he also makes things where he's like he laughs at me with my tennis shoes. He's like, "What are you doing buying all these tennis shoes?" Dude? Really? You know what I'm saying he's like it's ignorant. Right? It's like you're an urban hobbyist. Right? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like so I do think that this it becomes more of a socioeconomic thing where you grow out of certain tendencies. But it, what did I say about me buying those shoes? I was thinking about me as a kid and then I got drunk and went on eBay and there's this real chi- it's a little bit childish. I don't mean that in a bad way, but there's a childish urgency to be like I'm going to get those same shoes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But I'm also defending it at the same time and saying sometimes it's nice to be silly. You grew up in Inglewood and now you have the shoes that you wanted when you were a kid. That's what it is. That's all it is. Is that it's what we remember that it's, it's over all that scary little boy in our, in, that we were with kids. Right. With girls, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you didn't have girls growing up, and you want to fuck everything now. But that's what consumerism is about, yes. In general, when you buy something, I think you're you're uh, investing in a feeling of immortality. Like I buy an iPhone, and I'm like, I have this phone. I have magic Wish now. fulfillment. And I, yes, and I have it. Women, people I, don't I, talk I about this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you gestured at Katie. I, I just don't think it's as embarrassing as we need to make it be. I, I think there's something to be said about like. Uh, it's wrong to be materialistic, but then there's also something about like, look, I'm a weak fucking idiot mammal yeah. that when I buy something shiny, I feel a little bit happier. Yeah, I feel good. I feel there good are better ways to maybe do it. Yeah, I know. I, I, and why I feel like we should back away from this topic, but at the same time, I'm like, that's just true. It's just real. I, get, I love my, it. And I think that's why going back to where we are, I, I love being on that show. Like going back to writing, I think that I personally believe like – that in the next five years, there's no way that things aren't going to be so much more homogenized sexually, racially, culturally, because that's so? the world that we're living in. Like, I feel like we're living in, you know, my my kid's school. There's so many, like, you know, same-sex parents, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, there's so so many single parents. There's so many, like, and I love my, my kid's school because there's, it's such a good re- mixture of people. Uh, my daughter was trying to explain to me one of the little girls in the class, and she was like, "What's well, this girl? Remember the girl with the red backpack?" Blah, blah, blah. I was like, "You mean the only? You mean Jenna, the only other little black girl in class?" With right, you? right, right. It didn't even come to her mind to explain it that way. That's great, and I love that. I love that we're living that. But I, people our age and above, I love the fact that we can talk about this. We should, we can definitely move on. I love the fact that we can just be real. Yeah, because to me, it's the it's the best. That's why I love Chappelle. Because and why he's such a mainstream comic who I feel like man. <laughs> do Chappelle, yeah. do uh, Ross Perot, and, and then Aziz, and Aziz. They're all the same. <laughs> do, them, do them all. Neil, Neil, <laughs> gotta do season three, man. <laughs> do season three. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Ross Perot, vote for me, Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aziz. Hey, man. <laughs> vote for Ross Perot. <laughs> Chappelle show season four. Same person. It's the same person. Slight, um, slight uh, altitude change. <laughs> Go on. So anyway, I, I love that aspect of like, you know. Why do you love Chappelle? I love Chappelle because he's so fucking smart, dude. He's so like, 
you know, I, like I was saying before, you know, I think that we have to, so often, like, I'll talk to someone and it's like, I find myself talking to someone who's clearly gay. You mm-hmm, know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like flamingly homosexual. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't have anything. It's, you know, fine. With it. But I feel like to not in some, I, I'm so tempted to say something about it. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Or, or to mention it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like. And I think it would make them more comfortable. It doesn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? But it's part a part of their life that probably has a lot of effect in their life. And, right. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I – they're probably sitting at me and saying that, like, I can't tell you how often someone – the awkward way is like, you know, um, my friend Dave, he's black. Like, they'll just say that for some reason. That's the awkward way to do it. Right, right, The person's right. not comfortable just being outward with it. But right. I just feel like it's such a huge part of, like – Breaking the barriers. I think music has done a lot recently for young kids, right? Because it's opened up the conversation. There's not a white well, we kid left in America. Ah, that's true. You know I'm saying they're all this. They well, we were talking this. about one of the kids of the showrunners loved you, love him. You and we love him too. <laughs> we, we won't we won't name him necessarily, but the idea we both loved him, mm-hmm. and he loved hip hop, and I love Eminem, and he didn't even like Eminem. No, he liked real. He liked he liked, like, like, fucking like a cube and. and un- what do you call it? Underground stuff? Underground, he loves like stuff that I had never hip-hop. heard about. Yeah, yeah rap. And he, yeah, like really, <laughs> I like pop rap. Yeah, he likes rap. And he, he likes rap. Yeah. Like not, I was going to say scary, but like scary meaning like unknown, like stuff that I was like, what are you Hardcore fucking rap. saying yeah, right now? Shit, yeah. And he is the whitest white bread there's ever been. Yeah. And I don't say that as a good or a bad thing, but I mean like you're living in Santa Monica and you're driving in uh, a, a nice nice car or whatever to your yeah, private his parents school. could not be so super nice, most right. clean cut just and but at the same time his mom grew up in the south there's a certain something to like her socioeconomic position there's something and so, I, do you mean I, you think he inherited it a little a bit a little bit and i yeah. think that there's some, and i think he's not unlike probably a lot of his friends you know yeah. what I'm saying? i think that that is a good thing you know yeah. what's interesting is that actually kind of goes back to what i was talking about the the uh be cool burden mm-hmm. that i was saying that maybe I'm getting that also from hip hop in that that's the only type of music more or less that people want to run a background check mm-hmm. and be like like there's a, there's a guy in Boston right now he was in the town which I'm always referencing and he's a rapper and there's this big scandal he's actually white there's this big scandal the, the, the big guy yeah the big guy oh he's a rapper he's a rapper I loved him he's great right mm-hmm. he's really good at, in that movie and apparently and I was just my, my brother's really big into hip hop I told you that he, yeah. he makes beats and stuff <laughs> he uh, it's just so weird that my brother so I'm so white bread and my brother is kind of into it uh, so this guy is apparently from South Boston Southie and then there's this big scandal being like yeah my brother was like yeah there's a rumor that he grew up in New Hampshire and he's like just he's fronting, fronting. Right. and I was like what who gives a shit like I, I don't know this for a fact but I, I heard rumors that like the strokes were just like put together mm-hmm. by, these, by these producers mm-hmm. uh, Blink 182 I remember like they were just like yeah they were just like stockbrokers and they got I, I don't know if any of these People are true are into it doesn't story. matter but people don't care. I don't care where the guys from Blink-182 are from. In rap, you have to have killed someone. In rap, you. I hope <laughs> I hope you have some charges. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's why they say Kanye was such a breakthrough rapper, because he was like the dude who grew up, you know, his father was like Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. Oh, is that was, right? Like something crazy. And his I mom thought he was didn't like, know what he did for dough, but it sent him to school with a new wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like, a, you know, his mom was like, you know, one of the, like an English professor at Chicago, you know, Chicago okay. University, wherever. And he was the backpack rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was, like, kind of took it back to, like, I don't, I didn't sell dope, you know what I'm saying? Right. I was into having nice clothes, messing with girls, right. you know what I'm saying? Going yeah. To, you know, and I think that that was... Kind of the nerd, the black nerd. That was freeing for a lot of, like, 
for me and for a lot of like black dudes who just were like, oh, I just want to be a regular, right? You know, and I think no that, background check necessary. Right. He's he doesn't have any. Does he have kids? He no. sometimes alludes to having kids, but he's, I think he's just kidding. No, he doesn't have any kids. You know, like you're my, you bust through the package and you're my favorite accident, talking to his kid, but he doesn't have a kid. I, no, he does not have any kids. So I, that's the other thing is we're we're in hip hop, this world where you can kind of say anything. Why well, say things that aren't? You know, saying you you could just say anything. Right. You could talk about killing somebody if you want to. <laughs> right. We've we've all had fantasy. Why you don't actually have to have done it? Right. I think is what Kanye is is what Kanye did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love that. I love the aspect of like you know, going back to. I love the aspect that me and you, Alex Barno, hey, was is you know is like one of my really good friends, writer. Like all, all my, a lot of my closest friends, you know, what I'm saying, like we don't avoid the topic, right? You know what I'm saying, I feel like, you know, and it's I think actually, that guys are better at that. You know are they? I think guys in particular are, in general, when guys are friends, right? They will give each other shit about their wives, their girlfriends, yeah, 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 their, yeah. how they dress. And it's that's cathartic. It's it beautiful, is. and, and, and it's not just together. racial. I'd actually, I when I was actually thinking about that after I said it, I was kind of like. You, I don't use you as an excuse to unload real hate or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, and we'll fuck around about everything. Mm-hmm. But there's something about, like, we say this on the show a lot, green lights. Yeah. Whatever you want to say, Kenya, fucking say it. You yeah. want to make fun of my ex-wife? You want to talk about the yeah. dude she's fucking or whatever? Let's do it, because you're my friend. And then that lets you know, honestly... What's in my heart? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if I, you know, you're not going to hear something and be like, no, he would have told me that. You're going right. to be like, he would have said that to my face. Of course. I think that's why men's Well, we talk about that with notes on scripts and stuff. Absolutely. You get those hard notes. You send scripts to certain friends and you're like, he's not just going to say it was good. Right. And if he does say it's good. It's good. It's good. And sometimes you have people who are just haters in your life and they're just going to be negative on everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. But of course. People who I think, honestly, I think guys in their friendships and like one of the things that I've appreciated is. And having a little bit more mixed group of friends is my real friends. We totally, you know, what I'm saying one of my friends, B. Win, is Asian. And I'm like, you know, he had a car with a car wreck. And I'll be like, you know, it's probably your fault. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but we don't will. I think that, and he, he, you know, because behind every stereotype, there's some truth. It came from somewhere. Right. Well, saying? yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tricky thing to say, but I think I've, I've, I've certainly thought that. I'm trying to think Not about Not every stereotype. I think a, a good number of them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are black people litigious? Probably so, because we right. want money. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. We're looking for a quick fix because shit's been, you know, scrapey. Right. Are Jewish people cheap? I'm not going to talk about that because I'm a writer in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, or, or <laughs> like, well, we talked about, I'm, I always try and bring it to myself, like, uh, are, is it most of the people in my family alcoholics? We're Irish. Right. Yeah. Are they really? We gotta, I got, I'm surrounded. That's I'm one, surrounded by fucking those. drunk, like, they're all sober now. Racist. But, like, fist fighting... Yeah. Are they really? I'm not talking about my family in particular, yeah. but like people from Boston, that's a stereotype. People from Boston are racist. Yeah, when I go home, I'm going to hear more shit. I'm talking about from cab drivers, really? bartenders. Yeah, it's, it's always weird. You always want to be like, what did I do that gave this guy the green light to be like, just subtle things. I they, want they feel day. around, they go like, this neighborhood's changed. They'll say things like that. <laughs> it, I, and like unsolicited. I was in New York and they'd be like, there was a time when a black guy wouldn't cross Union. And it was all mob. And he was saying it with, like, a fondness. Right. And I was like, what did I do? I hailed you. I didn't hail this cab. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that was there laser, it is. laser accuracy. <laughs> I, just, I, just gave my, I just gave myself the laser Big accuracy. Pun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. That's uh, right. Um, well, I, I love that. I want to bring you back to Cosby, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're in his house. 
So Heat, heated leather floors. I walk in his house. You know what I'm saying? I'm unbelievably excited. This is the first time you've never met him before. Never met him. They wanted to do a. He is a. Can I say this? He is not a fan of of where. Well, that's what I was actually going to say. Speaking of black people, and someone who's been pretty outspoken about yes. not really liking black people. Yes, of where we're at. Of, you know, what I'm saying not of all, but like he feels right. like we. He is not a fan of of some people in television and with the type of television they're making. Well, he seems to be like big into accountability, speaking yes. for the group. But you've spoken about that too, where you're like, when a black person, if it, it's me, you, another black person, and like five white people, if that uh, black person, you feel culturally responsible for oh my them. God, dude. If they if they say something wrong, if they pronounce a word wrong or, or they something. they do something wrong. I went to it's a- almost like if, if, the only way I can relate to that is a girlfriend. If mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend and she says Monette mm-hmm. instead of Monet, right. like, I'm like, and this is mine. Right. <laughs> I'm with this one. Right. I'm, you feel you shouldn't but she you feels shouldn't. so responsible. But you, you don't have to. But Why? You do. But, I but I you think, do. I think you do. And I think in, in particular... Because there's so few of us in entertainment in particular. Like, I went to a table read, a, a pilot for a, a comedian. It was a really funny comedian. And it was the uh, table read. A table read is where they read the script for people to... Yeah, then to get notes the, and To get notes and so it. people can hear it read, like almost like a play reading or whatever. Yeah. So he's reading and his part's coming up, and he can't fucking read. Like, he's just, like, struggling. Cold, like a cold read. Like, he didn't see the lines yet, so he's just, it's just seeing like, them. It's like, fucking, like, it's the dude in class that you would have laughed at. You know what I'm saying? And mm. I'm just like, I just have my head down. Because it's like me and, like, another black dude there. And, mm. and I just have my head down, like, fuck. That's, I'd like to say, I've been in that situation, and it's awkward race regardless. But you add that element of... Because in my mind, I'm thinking everyone thinks he can't read because he's black. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's that weird... Right. And he probably couldn't read. I think that's the, that's the tension that you're releasing with your friend, uh, the, the Asian guy who got in the car accident. Yeah. You're, the, um, we're talking about the pressure on the valve. Yeah. I don't want this podcast to be like, be like, hey, let's all be racist. Right. But there is something nice about loosening it with your friends in that kind of weird, and it's, it works safe it's way. Even like you were talking about relationships and, and fucking. Right. You were right. saying someone right. was like... Oh well, Michael Ian Black said, how big was the dick of the guy that fucked your wife? And, and like, <laughs> the laugh that I had felt like uh, a garbage truck lifting up and dumping out garbage. Right. I felt cleansed by that. Right. That's like a cruel thing to say. <laughs> and I'm being honest with you, 0% of me was like, fuck you, man. I was like, thank you. Oh, someone said it. Someone said something we're thinking about. Right. Did the guy who fucked my wife have a bigger dick than me? Right. Was he better in bed than me? These are things we're not supposed to talk about? That sounds like cancer to me. No, absolutely. That sounds like the beginnings of I a believe disease. That I like literally, I am the only, you know, I believe that you should we should talk about everything. Those yeah. are the best relationships. Yeah. Those are the best way. The only way the world is ever going to heal itself, and us to be a better place. I think if you just like we were talking about like, talking relationships, if, if a girl's like, "Oh my god, I feel so dirty," you should be like, "You know what? You are dirty." Right. We're You're looking a dirty, yeah. dirty bitch, and I love it. <laughs> everyone who doesn't love a good whore, ah. you know what I'm like everyone loves. Well, that, that's that's an interesting element. If people do feel dirty about sex, you're like, "Yeah, this is dirty. We're being kind of dirty. You're disgusting." Yeah, I love it, and I loved it. Just be like that with me. And be like that with you. That's fucking what well, my therapist would call tit to mouth. There's no homogenization. There's no pasteurization. Real time communication. Tit to mouth. Tit to mouth. Straight mouth. What am I thinking? I say it right back to you. I feel dirty. I feel dirty too. <laughs> We're both being fucking dirty right now. And then we both, you can feel like putting down a backpack. I love that. 
I fucking get the bullshit out of your life. I love that. Patrice O'Neill, you know, art rest in peace, was, I told you, my reason I loved Patrice, reason I loved Chappelle, you know, is that he would fucking just be like, say what everyone was on, was right. on his mind, what everybody's thinking. Right. Daniel Tosh, to some aspect, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Says, well, I was just thinking about Patrice, uh, the bit about pissing on his girlfriend, and she says it tastes like birthday cake. <laughs> and that's how he knew he had to go to the hospital. Look, I'm at a point in my life where I need to mainline that kind of honesty. Yes. I need you to tell, say, pissing on your girl. I need to be, a, a, I'm not even shocked. I'm just interested. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you put down rubber sheets? Sugary piss. <laughs> what were you eating that you had such sweet, sugary piss? And thank you. Like, that that premium uh, of, of honesty is, is, somebody just gave me the worst backhand, the worst insult of my career, by the way. This guy I was working with, he was like, you know, I don't really like Louie. Uh, I like more what you do. And I was like, I'm going to go kill myself. <laughs> that was the worst insult oh I had ever been God. given. I was what like, does that I'm mean? Shoot. Like it, that, that, he's, that Louis is more honest? No, I hope it means that he's an idiot. And I'd like to say, <laughs> and I'd like to say that for you know, comedians are always deluding themselves in some ways. That is the that's the verdict is down. I'm not taking any uh, interpretations of that. the The final answer on that one is that kid's an idiot. Right. That's all I'll accept. Yes, because he to. can't be right. Right. He can't be right. right. I ha- I want to be driving towards the Patrice, the Bill, uh, Burr, and the Louis, and the Chappelle, and all that sort of stuff. And Chappelle's honest in a different way. No, I think way. that you're uh, that's you're super self deprecating, super honest. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. You, you, you don't. I, no, I, mean, but I, I think love that's. It, but. I think that's the. You know, but that's where comedy is right now in general. There's, very, yeah. you know, it's. It's People not just, can smell it a mile yes. away if it's fake. It's not, it's not just what rap is the thing like that too. Like we're talking about, like, and I think that's where, like, the arts. You know, what I'm saying the arts in general. Right. When you're honest, you know, what I'm saying right. People can. People knew when Snoop came out, right. People could have been from fucking. I thought you were when he was gay. No, no, was, no. When he came out, dropped when he yeah, first dropped. Yeah, People yeah. had may have never seen a crip. They didn't know what a crip was. Right. But they were like, I know that guy's real. Right. You know what I'm saying? Something about that dude. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and people embraced it. You know what I'm right. saying? And I feel like some comedians, you you know, you're like, you know, you look at Daniel Tosh and I, I feel like he just says what the fuck's on his mind. And you laugh because you're laughing like, oh, right. that's so fucking honest and fucked up. Yep. But it's true. Well, guy, guys like Tosh are trying to do what we, you and I do in the car yes. on stage. On stage. And, and uh, you know, sorry, he's my hip hop example all the time, but Eminem says he has a line about saying something. I, I say the things that you don't have the balls to say except when you're in the basement with your friends yeah. sort of thing. And I was like, I think that's why we put these people on pedestals. Is And we also love to fucking slam them. Mm-hmm. We like to crucify them and celebrate them at the same time because it's, it's kind of weird. Where is the line? At what point are you being inappropriate? Are mm-hmm. you saying something that's destructive or whatever? But then, I, I don't know. It's a tricky – tr- I certainly can't pass the judgment. No, it goes back – like going back to Cosby. Cosby says <laughs> – it's so crazy. You would hear him. He literally, you know, that's who he is. Right, I right, used to right. put him on speaker because I was so, you know, when he would call, I would like put him on speaker so my wife could hear him. Yeah. And like, Camille. Like, it literally, yeah, well, I'm yeah. like, this is really how he talks. It's not a bit. Right, you know right, right, right. Um, Good times and bad. Like, I was talking about, I, I just did this on the stage. Everybody does a Cosby impression because it's hack or whatever. And I was like, but because it's so fun. It's so fun. I was like, Camille, get over here. <laughs> I'm going to fucking give you a lesson <laughs> with my dad. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? Yes. And it's, Pause this podcast and do Filthy Cosby. You'll have a better day. Absolutely. And Leo! I, we, we were talking. I was telling Pete one of my favorite Cosby sh- stories was, so I'd gotten this thing to do like the new Cosby show with him, or a new version of like a-, a Cosby? A, a, with Cosby, to do like a new updated like 
successful black family. Oh, you know okay. Not the sh- not the show Cosby. No, not the show Cosby. You know what I'm but, saying? But to do a successful sh- a show about a successful like you, based around my life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And. Re- no, a reboot. A reboot. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, my God, I get to do it with the, the master of it. You know what I'm saying? Who's my idol? And I'm, you know. And, you know, uh, hmm. I, I walked in his house and I was like, you know, he has fucking heated, heated leather, leather floors. floors. I never forget. That was the thing about heated, heated leather floors. You told me hand stitch. Hand, heated hand stitch. And he's very upfront. Like, these are hand stitch heated uh, leather floors in the Palisades. <laughs> and I just walk in and I'm like, oh, my God, how do you afford, how do you afford all this? Yes. <laughs> And he did not get it. That is, that is the, the trademark Kenya Barrett joke. You hang out with celebrities. People at, were all aware of what they make and just go, you have your own jet? How do you how do you afford this? <laughs> this must cost thousands and, of dollars. And then you also told me that you read uh, Fatherhood. He sent me Fatherhood because I hadn't read it. And I, I, you know, because we were doing development, I read it and I read it in a day. It's a fucking amazing book. It's a great book. And I, I put it down and I call him. I'm like, Mr. Cosby. I'm like, I know you don't call him Doctor Cosby. I call him Mr. Cosby. He, he someone said to you correct him. He never made me do it. You know what I'm saying? Really? He, someone was like, you know, he I, he did do it with someone there. He's like, he, but it was a joke. It felt like a bit. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, everything it sounds um, like a bit. But uh, please, <laughs> I didn't get. He was. Uh, I was like, I know where we're working on this project, and this is the thing we have going on. I was like, but dude, this book, man, this book is gold. I was like, this is what we should be doing. Are you doing anything with this? <laughs> yeah, moron. It's called the Cosby Show. <laughs> <laughs> he called you a moron. I was like, oh, okay. Well, he's kind of, he's a little bit mean, right? Like old guy mean. He's like, he doesn't he's like, have time for to mince words. I think like old black guys yeah. have a little bit of bitterness to them. Sure. It's why I don't give old white bums money. Because I'm like, you definitely have called me a nigger in your life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> you, sorry it didn't work out for you, but you have definitely hated me at some point in your life. <laughs> I think all old black guys do not fuck with them they have been through some shit like yeah. they have a certain amount of bitterness to right. them right and i think that um cosby's no- i think that he's had going through his stuff you know what i'm saying but he is a comedic even in those things comedic genius yeah you know what I'm of course he's just the best i told you his, his, you haven't been to my new place but his albums are up on my wall I oh love my god to my brother russell who i shared a event that's with. one of them oh my god that's one that's, that's that's like a classic it's a classic album and great covers like really really good funny artistic coverage why is there air uh I, I love them all i love them all bill cosby is a funny fellow right is great these are great albums no he's a fucking he's amazing i mean and i think the one thing that i've noticed about those guys that i've learned is Will Cosby, Russ, they are very aware of their their place in our in our in the spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They see themselves unbelievably well, and I think that's what I've been trying. And when I say that, meaning like, do you? And I think you know, as a comedian, you have to get to the place when you've gotten to where you've gotten. You have to know what people are seeing when you say your joke. That's so funny that I, I was just. It's, this happens a lot on the show. It's a it's awareness. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to like. See any any performer, any any high functioning person mm-hmm. in any field, mm-hmm. I think needs to go. Who am I? What do I? What? How do I come across? What am I about? What do people feel when they talk mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. And then heighten it or violate it. Yes, and I think that's the, the, the that's the genius and the and, and what's what's the ten thousand hour rule? The you know what I'm saying when you become a professional, you know what I'm saying really getting there. And that's the thing I've looked at people who have achieved really high level, and I have to look at people who are my my personal idols. And Will being, you know, a black guy who's kind of from the suburbs, sort of not, you know, but has gotten to this place and someone who I, I've, you know, looked up to. 
the one thing I'm trying to like study him and not be a weirdo, but I look and I'm like, he really sees himself well. He knows his These voice. These guys know the deal. The people that yes. become commodities, they saw it first. Yes. Oh my God. That's a fucking awesome way to put it. Right? Yeah. They got it. They yeah. were like, I'm they Will it Smith. to everybody else and I'm going to show you. And I'm going to go around and show you Will Smith. Yeah. And then let's sell this guy together. Yeah. And they did. That's tell, fantastic. Tell, tell the poor, uh, not the poor, the driving into Will's house story. So I go <laughs> this in, is the first time you, the first you met time I'm, we're working on something. I was actually working on with Jada on something, and I and I go, and we're we're you know it's a beautiful home. It's in Calabasas, and you drive up to these gates, and you know <laughs> I gar- think about this all the guard time. Guard comes up, and I'm like with my writing partner, and um, <laughs> and the guard comes to the gate, and I'm like uh, about to say, he, he's like, "Hello, Mr. Barris." Like he knows I'm coming. And I'm like facial uh, recognition. <laughs> I don't know if maybe he just knew the schedule. You know, what I'm saying he's like, hey, right. I was like, hey, I was like, um, you know, I'm here for a meeting. He was like, oh yeah, he's expecting you. Why don't you drive in, go past the second lake, <laughs> and park on the soccer field? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, what I'm saying right. it's a fucking bit. And he was, right. did not break. And I was like, oh okay, okay, second lake on the soccer field. You go in and you pass his lake. Literally caught his security guy black. Security guy black. <laughs> <laughs> security guy black <laughs> I don't know why I want to know security guy black yeah. um, you pass his lake a, a lake that says his right you pass her lake a lake that says hers right and then you like go, towels ta- <laughs> and then you go I mean beautiful chunk of property he has a nice sli- slate of land in this planet but I mean you go and you park on what looks like a major league soccer mm-hmm. fucking level fresh turf yeah. of of a soccer field. And I was like, Oh my God. And my friend looked at me and said, You know what? That's exactly what he wants you to say. And I was like, Well then it fucking worked. Again. I was like <laughs> that that's just the, the room that's the next level I know what you think I am thing. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was I was like, shit, you know what I'm saying? And then you come to the house, you, you said it was like glass. It's fucking, it's fucking like he has. He looks in this part of Icabas. It's just like it like looks over this thing where it like has the prettiest view. I didn't even know that this view existed. Where there's a part of Calabasas that has like an ocean view, right? And he's like on a treadmill, and there's like a dude like in a lab coat or something. Like he's like fucking. Like, he said he was hooked up. Yeah, to and like making like a, the the breathing thing in his mouth. And I'm like, they're making the perfect man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he's like cut up, glistening. In yes. oil, you know what I'm saying? He's like someone monitoring his job. By amount of sweat, you could tell he'd been running for oh, probably an hour. But he was this the pace that he was keeping. Yeah. I was like, oh, this dude will never die. You know right? what I'm saying? Like, he is in unbelievable. He's like being monitored. He's being like he's like fucking Drago from Rocky right, or whatever. Right, right, right. We go in beautiful home. <laughs> They're like more florist Morocco that they like brought in. You know what I'm saying? It's like a Moroccan. What's a what's a Moroccan home called? Uh, whatever. That's the the theme. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's Moroccan. You know, and beautiful home. I'm picturing just dark, like nice, good wood, burgundies. Yeah. But it's like yeah. stone. It's some type of stone floor. Oh, really? Like, throws. You know what I'm saying? And, Someone who's really, you know, really rich. And all my rich friends, they tell me the things that you look at when you go into a rich person's house, which I would have never thought about because I'm not rich, is the the rugs. Yeah. He was like, the rugs are where all the money. He's like, you go look at someone's, those rugs are a million dollars sometimes. Right. You know that's the, it's a big thing. We talked about this on the Chris, there, my buddy Chris and I went to buy a rug and we went to, you know, just the places on the Brea, seven grand. That's low. That's low. End. I know. Yeah. I wasn't like, show me your finest. I was yeah. like, how much is this? They're like, oh, it's it's sixty seven. I was like, sixty seven what? Sixty seven dollars. I'll take it. <laughs> sixty seven hundred dollars, and then you just walk on it. Yeah. But that's that's some rich shit. Where Somebody you're like, you're floors walking, and walls. Floors. Well, what look did Bill Cosby? 
Look yes. at the art and yes. look at the floor. Look at the rugs and the art. That's how you can tell, like, really, that's where, where the, the, the... And their wine cellar. Like, yeah. we're looking for things that anyone can have, a rug, mm-hmm. a floor, Some wine. Line. But you can also have those things that cost a million dollars. Space balling. Like, yeah. you skyrocket. So... We go in there, and then he's like, you know, the... the okay, let me... I, I need details. So he gets off the treadmill. He's not there yet. I mean, he's not... We go in, we're meeting Jada. He's he's still in the back. So his assistant or his, you know, whatever, walks over, and she's like, you know, would you like something to eat? And he's going to be like, wow, this guy's fucking weird. I'm telling you. He's like, would you like like something to eat? And I'm like, yeah, you know, sure. I was like, you know, she's like, okay, what would you like? I was like, oh, um, what do you have? You mean off-menu ordering yeah. at the Smith residence? <laughs> like, like, she's like, what would you like? I was like, uh, what do you guys have? She's like, what's, you know, we'll, we'll just make to, made to order. We'll, you know, we can make, I was like, oh, maybe like some type of egg and, and some eggs and meat. And she's like, okay, what kind of meat would you like? And I'm, you know, it literally starts becoming like a bit to the point where I'm like, uh, Fuck, man. I'm eggs. And she's like, what kind of eggs would you like? No. I swear to God. Like, you, you had like, to say chicken eggs? No, like brown eggs, quail eggs, like, Fuck. you know what I'm saying, like organic. Like, and I was like, I, I so had an appreciation for someone who, you know, knowing, like, this is how you do it right. You know right? what I'm saying? Like, he well, that, wants- there's no dragon guarding that goal. <laughs> Right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's he, great. This is how you fucking do it right. And I was what kind like, of eggs do you go with? I don't know what I fucking got, but <laughs> I just, just remember said, being uh, like, I'm not going to be a dick and be like, quail eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember just thinking Later, myself, Will wants like, a snack. Who ate the last quail egg? <laughs> You're blackballed from uh, comedy. I, I remember I just thinking to myself, like, it was so nice. And, he's, and it was, you know, the thing is that, I mean, you could not meet a warmer person. Will. Dude. Oh my God! Well, see, dude. this is this is what I'm fascinated with. This is this is the 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 business, and it's a personal business, and it's also business business of being an electric person, being an engaged person. I've never wet. I've never wet Mill Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met Will Smith, but I guarantee he's one of those guys that locks on you like a stealth oh my bomber. God. He's like Bill Clinton. You know, I don't know if yes. Bill Clinton back in the no. You've met Bill Clinton. You've uh, met no, every black you know, person. You know, he, no. <laughs> Laser, <laughs> locked and loaded. Um, no, but he's—it's politician he, stuff. Bill Clinton made you feel like you were the only person in the room. Right. I met him at like a very big function. I shook his hand right. at college. He came to speak at the college. Right. He shook my hand and it, and he was like, "Ask me a quick question." And you felt like, "Oh, there's no one else locked here. on." And Will and and Will's is even more endearing because he's an actor and he's just a very just a, a rapper. But he makes you feel, you know, I did I did a, I did a, I did some stuff from for Kids Choice Awards. It was very, very unbelievable to like give him note a note, and he took my note, and I'm like right. nobody, and he took it so graciously, mm-hmm. and he, he 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 looked for input. See, that that's one of my things. Is like it doesn't really mean that much if you're a nice person. No man, if you don't have the option to be a dick. No, Will yeah. could be a dick. Absolutely. Therefore, his grace and his kindness means more. Absolutely, and he could be just as big and be a dick. Of like, course. To the point, after the project was finished. I mean, literally the classiest thing. I think I told you this. After yeah. the project was finished, he called me up and he was like, you know, we really Will Smith called you on? <laughs> like, we really sent me a so personal. The phone lit up and said, Will Smith. <laughs> it's just literally a picture of him. <laughs> it um, doesn't even ring. He's just there. They were like, we want to pay you. You know what I'm saying? Well, thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? And they doubled my, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And I was like, I've never gotten a bonus in my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we feel like we do our job. We get, yep. And it just was such a classy, unbelievably, like. I just I, if someone says something bad about him, I will fuck them up. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like it became like I feel like anything anyone ever says, like 
I, I, he is a, a good guy. Yeah. You know, and like, I feel like people can say, I, I try to, def- I think there's a lot of things about people that get, you know, going fair and things. Are, and I think there's a lot of dicks. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 that's good. Um, I think there's a lot of dicks and I feel like, you know, I was looking, listening to the Steve Jobs biography. I got it on my phone because of you. And it's. You said, oh, no, this book's going to make people think they can be dicks. They can be an asshole. That's what you have to do. Oh, my I'm God. Like, you got to tell. Can you tell a drug story? Uh, a drug uh, with 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 uh, Steve Jobs. Your drug story. <laughs> Here, just note the time. We'll edit this out. I want you to tell your acid story. Oh yes, that's okay. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> then just no, leave I, all, I leave, love drugs. Leave that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, look, we talk about drugs almost every I episode. I, I but will, like, you told me that in Steve Jobs's books is he talks about. He said that he would. He thinks Bill Gates would have been a better, better person, person if he had done acid. And Which is so interesting. I've never done acid, but we've had people on the show. As you know, I've done mushrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, not many times. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's five times in mm-hmm. my life. But every time, I'm like, I learned something. I'm better. I'm more loving. I'm more gracious. I'm more connected. It's like a. It's like a. Me- I'm actually meditating now because I'd like to do it without drugs. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm into that. That sort of awakening. That sort of stuff. And the fact that fucking Steve Jobs it was a big part of his life. I believe Huge meditation, mushrooms. They lived, lived in ashram. Acid. You know what I'm saying? Like they they lived in ashram is in India. Yeah, like they did everything. Like it's a. When you see when you read the book, like it was a huge. He was a, like a stoner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't wear deodorant. Everybody. Yeah. Like, he's part of the book is about how he stunk really how people were like he would come to meetings and they were like you stink you know yeah what I'm saying? he has this long hair he didn't wear shoes yeah his feet were filthy he would go days without ba- bathing yeah he lived in an all fruitarian diet so he would like he was a fruitarian he was a fruitarian ah that is super he was a fruitarian he was a fruitarian for most of his life and then you know what i'm saying until he got and that's why it was so weird for him to get the cancer and he said he believes he got it which is goes back to what we're talking about the year he ran pixar and apple the same year uh-huh. He said it was it was just it was so hard for him. Yes. He said it was like the grueling pressure of that. He felt like built and there's no direct there's been no direct well, that's what connection. We're talking about the valves. You know what I'm that saying? Shit but, can give you disease. Yeah, I just totally believe it. I know people who keep stuff in, you know what I'm saying? And and they just get like diabetes and heart disease and I just feel there, like there's a huge, I think, spiritual intellectual connection between how we are, how we feel. And, and and what happens with our body? Absolutely. And I, I'm a person who is very, I try to be very naked. You know what I'm saying? I'm, right. And sometimes I regret it. I remember I, I told a story about my mom shot my dad. <laughs> I, remember t- I remember this because that was the only time in the room <laughs> that you said, you know, believe me, I'm not going to interrupt this story. But when you, you got that look on your face and I was like, I don't know if I should have told that story. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? You have to tell that story on the show. Please tell it now. I was, we'll get back to Steve Jobs. Oh, I was, I, 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 I believe that like, you know, I, I just kind of just say whatever the fuck comes to my mind you know what i'm saying and That's i feel the like best. we were talking one day and my mom when my d- mom and dad had just were going through a divorce my dad you know was kind of this is after the settlement this is this is this is while the settlement was going on so the money isn't there yet no the money there's he's suing you know what i'm right, saying right. We've, we've left or whatever settlement's going on and um or their you know their lawsuit's going on or whatever and my dad was like would not like did not want my mom to divorce her. I think my dad loved my mom more than he loved his kids. I think he, you know what I'm saying. Interesting. Like, I think that happens a lot. I think he didn't fuck with us that much after they got divorced because she wasn't fucking with him. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I was the kid who was always scared. I slept in the bed with my mom till I was like ten or eleven. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like I just was. Why, always, what were you scared of? 
I was like scared of the dark. You know what I'm saying? I was scared of like shit that goes bump in the dark. I think I just, I think I probably went through a hard, was going through a hard time with the divorce. My dad was kind of abusive. Well, intellectually, that's got to be difficult. My dad was kind of abusive to my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, not so, I missed Those are two giants fighting in your house. You know what I mean? Psychologically, it's not just a little riffraff. Those are fucking prehistoric ancient deities going at it in, Abs- your, in abs- your house absolutely my, you're supposed to nap <laughs> my, my dad broke my mom's jaw holy shit while she was pregnant with me and they didn't know if i was going to make it because she had to drink through she had to have her jaw wired and had to drink nutrients through a straw oh. for four months during the pregnancy oh yeah so like you the know, end of the pregnancy the last four months like no like the middle like it was like five through like the last month i think she got it off you know what i'm saying um so it just was like you know i was you know and it that type of shit continued or whatever. Yeah. But my so when my mom finally divorced and like she moved and like like we literally did like the pack at night and like leave before. No. He, oh yeah, it was like like a escape or whatever. Oh my god. So we had Kenya. to go. We had to go live. Like my relatives are Dominican and West Indian. Like we had to go live in New York at first with my relatives, and then we had to come back. You know, we moved. I moved to New York for a year. Like got taken out of school. You know, what I'm saying all this type of shit. And then I had to come back here. And like my mom, you know, bought a house and found a house or whatever. <laughs> and she he didn't know where we lived. And I used to always, my mom was weaning me off of like sleeping, getting in her bed or whatever. She was like, you mm-hmm. can't do this. You're getting to be too big of a boy. You know mm-hmm. so I was getting like hard ons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sleeping in the bed with my mom. Um, not while I was in the bed with my mom, but I had started. No, I say, get it. No, Dude, so, you're, you're going to get a, a boner no matter what. Right. So I'm fucking, she's like, you know, you can't come to my bed anymore and you got to start turning the light off. I would sleep with the lights on. I was just totally like a fucking scary ass little kid. So, um. Fucking in my bed, lights were off. I slept with a, a light on <laughs> for a long time. I, I was, was like <laughs> sleeping the light. You know, I'm fucking terrified in the bed, and I hear like a bump, like you know. And I'm like, you know, what is that? I'm like, ma, ma, can I sleep? And she's like, no. You know, I'm saying there's nothing going on, or whatever. Jesus, said, I didn't know this story happened right around the time they're trying to wean you off being oh, afraid. Oh, oh, yeah, so it's a wonder you don't sleep <laughs> in the light now. Oh yeah, so she sends me back. Happens a couple of times. Finally, I hear another one. But she's not hollering at me to get back in bed. I hear another one. She obviously hears this one. Because mm-hmm. she comes back in my room and she's like, go in my room. Go in my room. And I notice down in her hand, she has her gun. She's like a little thirty-eight, And I'm like, you know, I go in the room and I'm looking out. And I see her walk in my room. And all of a sudden, she's holding the gun. And I see my mom start backing up. And I'm like... No, I'm like my head, my chest is like fucking like heart <laughs> going through my head. I'm like, what the fuck is she backing up from? And I hear her saying, "All right, Pat, you got to go home, Pat. You got to go home, Pat. You got to go." The home. least scary name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Beat it, Pat. <laughs> Pat. Pat, get out of here. <laughs> um, but you know, this is terrible. So she's backing away. Terrifying. Your dad is advancing. Advancing. He's it's the second floor. You know what I'm saying? We're in two stories. He had crawled through the you know window, whatever. A cigarette hanging out his mouth. So he had to crawl with the cigarette in his hands, like really, or light uh, it when he. Could. <laughs> we, we don't know. We still don't know. That's the did mystery. he light it when he got in the house, or did he crawl in smoking? I believe that Pat's crawled in smoking. He's that uh, badass. Um. So she's like, Pat, just go, just leave, just leave, just leave. And she's backing up, and I'm like sitting there, like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's yeah. going on? So she starts. You didn't back- just start crying. I'm like, Daddy, Daddy, go home, go, home. don't be here. You're not supposed to be here. Fuck. And she's back. She's. He's like, you shut your little ass up. You don't talk about that. I'm your father. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, trying to teach life lessons yeah. at, at gunpoint <laughs> with a cigarette hanging out your mouth. <laughs> Come on, dude. It's not the Show way. me some respect. It's not the time. You're about to get <laughs> shot, Dad. So she, he's going down the stairs, and my mom is like, "Pat, just leave, just leave, just leave." And he's like, "What are you going to do? You're not going to shoot me. Just put." She's like, "Just leave." And all of a sudden, I'll never forget this. She t- closes her eyes oh. and turns her head, and I think in her mind, she was like, 
and I could see like from the back, like he kind of like tried to move, like this bitch is about to shoot me. (laughs) And she turned her head, and I just heard pop, 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 pop. Not once. Oh, she let the let it off. Emptied the clip. We call that. And she only hit him once. It was it was five of the revolvers. She hit him once. He like slid by her. And was so scared, he like went out the bathroom window downstairs because he was afraid she didn't let it all out, and and didn't want to get shot again. He went oh. out the, crawled out the, like jumped out the bathroom window. Still smoking? <laughs> Your dad is amazing if he's still smoking, taking deep inhales. <laughs> well, I gotta get the fuck out of here. It's coming out of the hole. <laughs> um, he escapes. He escapes. Um, she calls the police. They, they, I remember he was handcuffed at the hospital to the bed because oh. he, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, she never, she did, they, didn't talk to, they took her gun, they ended up giving it back to her. But, um, gun registered, all that sort of stuff. Gun registered. He was in her house. She could, and I said, and she I asked her him. years later, like, why she was like, I felt like I had to kill him. She was like, I was trying to kill him. She's like, because I felt like if I shot him, and he lived, you know what I'm saying? She was like, I didn't want to shoot him. She's like, but if I, you if know, you the, had, that's why she fired so the five times. The rule of times. thumb is you don't pull a gun on someone you're not going to use. Like, that's right. just the, the rule. Well, that's actually what I was going to say. That's kind of smart. Most people get guns taken from them. Absolutely. That's why you have to take it out. And we've talked about this. I've, I've shot a gun before. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. So you got, I mean, like, it's not like it is in the movies. Yes. No, it's not. You're, it it kicks a back. process. It's so loud. I can't believe you heard five gunshots. I can't believe. You were able to get your shit together after this story. I think I'm a sociopath. Because is that Will? <laughs> I think I'm a sociopath because either it, either I'm crazy or it just didn't really affect me that much. Like I feel like I. Well, that I, goes back to what we were saying about the being tough. Kind of like, yeah, I saw my dad get shot. Who cares? Nobody but I talked you. about it a lot, and I think that's why it didn't affect me. That's why we how this all oh, started. You worked just, out. I just think I'm. You know, I think the best writers and the best comedians, the best actors, are you know what I'm saying really are able to be kind of honest, you know what I'm saying? And just be like, whether it's really fucked up or it's really great, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of talk about, like, you know, what's going on and, like, you know, openly say it. So I think that is... You know, one of the things that you know that openness is is, is the main quality that I look for in people. It, mm-hmm. it, when I when I run into brick walls or red lights with people, I'm just like, what what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You think you should be embarrassed by that story? Everybody, not I mean, that's that's an that's an exceptional story. <laughs> but we all have stories like that. We all have feelings similar in the same as you would say adjacent to that yeah, story, yes, yes. which I've totally stolen. From you. <laughs> I say that all the time, like it's in the same neighborhood as that story. But I mean, like. We're all doing the same thing. The more that I let out, the more I realize that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the key feelings to happiness. It's one of the key ingredients to being human. Mm-hmm. I have friends that, like, I will tell them, like, Moshe, my friend Moshe just came over last night, and we just basically for 10 minutes confessed the weird shit that had been going on in our lives. Mine was less interesting. I'm not saying that to say Moshe's uh, a weirdo or anything. He had some good stories and I just was like, I googled this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Something, <laughs> something embarrassing. And, and no judgment. A no judgment zone. And, and that's why I like people like Moshe and people like you. I think that's the best, especially in the arts. I think even when you see someone's painting, it's just fucking naked and just right. vulnerable. Right. And putting stuff out there. I think those are the best people in whatever is, at least in the entertainment and creative people when yeah. you can just be honest and Say this is what's on my mind. Going back to race, or going back to sex, or going back to economics, or whatever. Um, and I love that one other thing when you get a room together of people who just like talk about Ellen and share our story. Runners were so unbelievably honest, and, unbelievably honest, and just forthcoming. Which there's is, no, there's no coincidence there. No, so funny, 
two of the fucking funniest people I've ever known in my life that ran our show, mm-hmm. Ellen and Sherry, two of the most honest people I've ever known. Absolutely. And Without I, missing a beat would tell you the most personal story. And that's what you, and I, that's one of the things I love about your comedy. It's when you asked me about how Chappelle, one of the things I love about Chappelle. Right, it's just right, like, right. There's a certain level of honesty right. that men, when you mix that with brilliance and talent, it right. comes out just like amazing. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I was... You know, I, I was talking to someone about, like, I used to really worry about being gay. Because I didn't know, you don't know how you become gay. Right, right, right. And I was like, does it fucking, do you wake up one day and just be like, it's oh, so man, funny. I fucking want some dick. Right, right, and right. And so I was just worried, like, when we, I was a kid, I'd look at another guy and be like, he's a good looking guy. And I'm like, oh, shit, I, I'm not right, supposed to know that. Right, right, right. Oh, my God, I'm a gay. That's actually a big part of my <laughs> comedy lately. Again, it's funny that you bring that up. <clears throat> I talk all the time lately. I've been working on all this stuff about how it's like. I'm not gay, but I know what a good-looking man is. But you don't. You're not supposed to admit that. But that's fucking bullshit. And I used to. Ha- I had a friend when I was growing up. Was like he was so straight he didn't even know what a good-looking guy was. I was like Lyle Lovett, Brad Pitt. You can't tell me which one looks better. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, no, I honestly can't. And I was like, when you go to the barber, what do you say? You're telling him how you want to look. When you buy clothes, you're trying to look like a good-looking man. Years later, he called you while sucking a cock. Uh, well, that, well you, it, it's weird. It's those guys, and I'm not thinking about anybody in particular, but those guys often were, oh, yeah. would be like later gay. And it's the like, fucking homecoming queen, king always married the butcher. You know what I'm saying? Right. The fucking quarterback, sure. you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, it was just like, be... I, anyway, so and that, that, those are valves. Those are those tension valves that they should let out and just be like... I'm straight. I say this on stage. I, th- that means I don't want to suck a dick, but dicks don't freak me out. <laughs> I have a dick. Right. I have a dick. Right. And I say, you think I'm in the shower just soaping up and every time I look down, I'm like, ah, gross. Right. I have a dick. It's so- I, And I'm not uh, sexually attracted to them and I don't put a, a judgment on that. I don't think that's better or worse than anything. But that's I can understand you as a kid not wanting the social stigma, quote unquote, of uh, like you're like, an, uh, I don't know if I want to deal with being gay. I think that's honest. What you were saying as mm-hmm. a kid, you're like, I'd rather not be gay. I know that's not correct. You right. know what I mean? I don't think you want your kids thinking that way necessarily. Right. But like you having that honest feeling that's something that that I think people don't really talk about. It's like, oh, what if I'm gay? Right. I used to say, like, you have to look in the file every once in a while. Right. It's my sexuality file. Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm straight. I, okay. I checked it. But you got to look in it because if you don't, you tighten up that valve, you lock up that safe. Uh, some things are going to grow in there like mushrooms. And they're gay mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> they're gay mushrooms. I think the dude, when they, the dude who comes out with the gay test is going to make a quadrillion dollars. You think there's a gay? Oh, you mean if there were such if a thing? Were, yeah, some type of fucking droplet where you could fucking yeah. go get tested. It's and good. you're like, oh, I guess I'm gay. But then, I mean, this comes up on the show all the time, is like, if we lived in a world where it was valued to be gay, whereas like, just like being able to throw a football, being able to give a hand job is mm-hmm. like amazing. <laughs> and, and like, and I say this all the time because I'm, I'm constantly thinking about it. If we grew up in like a Greco-Roman sort of world mm-hmm. where the fucking, our president was like, I'm married to Michelle Obama, but of course I'm fucking uh, the vice president. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm a real man. I think I think society might be different. I think people might just be like filling up different holes. I, I agree. Right? I, I totally agree. And that's agree. such a weird thing. It's totally such a weird agree. thing. But then, but then ultimately you reduce that, you boil it down. I think there is your true sexuality. You do have this orientation. But I think would be seeing <laughs> more... More bisexuality, I think, if we let the leash out a little bit. My personal opinion on homosexuality is I think there's two types of gay. I really do. I feel like there are born that way. Sure. And I think there Lady are... Lady Gaga style. <laughs> right. I think there are 
have a little bit of a psychological traumatic something and need some group to kind of like embrace or something right. happens. Because I've seen both of them. I think about this all the time. Our sexuality is so linked to our parents. Right. That like, I get it. Like, I, I, I meet and talk to girls all the time that have... I tend to attract girls that had uh, pretty close relationships with their fathers. Mm-hmm. So they like me. I'm communicative. I'm affectionate. You know what I mean? They're like, this guy reminds me of what I know love to be. You sneak in their room at night. I sneak in their room at night and make sure. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, and make sure they're clean. <laughs> that is so fucked you up. You teach them how to kiss. I stole that from <laughs> Natural Born Killers, by the way. I'm so sorry I quoted it. Oh, uh, teach them how to kiss. <laughs> Keep it in the family. God in heaven. Fucking disgusting. But yes, I, I mean, like... Uh, the the mom thing I was talking to Harris Whittles about we love tits because they gave us milk you know mm-hmm. what I mean they fed us uh, all that all that shit is in there and we all act like we're not thinking about it, mm-hmm. it, com- we're it com- animals comes up like every other episode of the show <laughs> yeah no it's dope though I mean I think I think that's the thing that I love you know the, the, you know going back with your original question of Chappelle I love when dudes can be completely honest you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I love when dudes can be you know. Just say some shit and you're like, fuck, I'm, I wish I was that honest. I mm-hmm. wish I could say something that, you know, honest. And it's not even like it's brilliant. It's just it's just so courageous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, then yeah, you yeah. take and you're able to make someone who's talented and has delivery and has a point of view. And it just becomes like a, 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 an everlasting iconic joke. That he becomes an, and he becomes an icon. Yes. Of honesty, of what we should all be trying to do. Right. I think that a lot of your, uh, a lot of your great people throughout history have been the people that were saying the things mixed, saying what they honestly felt, but also mixed with talent. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not a huge Lenny Bruce fan. Right. Sure. I, I think people. I think Lenny Bruce got a lot of credit for being bold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think there were some great jokes and great things, but I think he broke a lot of barriers right. just in the things that he was willing to talk about. You right. Know what I'm saying. And I so think, you can, co- if I'm hearing you correctly, you can kind of coast a lot on boldness alone. Absolutely. If you're saying it wasn't the funniest thing to you, that's right. fine. That's the personal taste. Yes. But you're saying I get it because he was being so honest. I get why people were like at, at, during that repressed era. Sure. You know what I'm saying we got a ticket for saying fuck. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? I didn't yeah, even know that. He, he would get fined all the time. I did not know he that. He had a hard time getting booked because he would say fuck or whatever. I did not know that. But I mean, like, you know, Richard, I think Richard Pryor is a genius. But I mean, Richard Pryor, once again, was like his big thing. I talked to you know, it was Richard Pryor brought, said nigga. That was right. the, the big thing with him. He was the first dude that, like, said nigga on is stage. Is that true? Yeah, he was like, like really, really, like, did it like that. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. And was like, embraced it. Like, he right. had a lot of things, barriers that he broke, and he was like, the first dude that took it to the mainstream and wasn't afraid right. to like talk about like his mom being a hoe and, and doing drugs and smoking coke and I was just thinking about that bit where he was he's like when you're in a fist fight with a white guy it's two men fighting until the white guy says the N word. Yeah. And then it's like, now you changed it. <laughs> it was two equals going at it, but then you just made it like a degrading thing. Right. Like, a, I'm fighting a different thing. Like, keep it men. Right. Let's be men. Let's have, be two men punching each other. I love that. I mean, if you, if yeah. the, this is a dude who wasn't just incredibly educated, but the way that his perspective and the way that he looked at the world and the things that he was able to say. Yeah. And and it was it was brilliant. But you know what I'm and talking about smoking crack and all that sort of stuff, talking about the humiliation of being addicted to stuff, the humiliation, shooting his car, getting it, getting his wife leaving him, and all that shit. Like your your mom being a, a, a hoe is what you were saying. Absolutely. All that stuff, letting it out there. I remember the first time I saw Richard Pryor. I didn't know what I was seeing because I was like twelve. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I can watch it and be like. Holy shit, this guy's like our leader. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He stopped saying the N word after he went to uh 
after you went to uh, Africa. Richard Pryor? Yeah, he went through a weird... Uh, no. I don't know if he called it weird, but he went through a non-N-word phase. I did not know that. Did he come back to it? I believe he did. I hope so. I hope he came home. <laughs> <laughs> come home, Richard. Get in here. But I, I love that. And that's one of the things about Cosby. Cosby's an amazing storyteller. Told, But I think there was a part of him, for who he was... That did not go there. And that was their, you know, because he was a protege of Richard Pryor. Yeah. I mean, Cosby was, Rich Pryor was a protege oh, of Cosby. Cosby. Yeah, you know yeah. When, when Pryor started, he was very much like Cosby. As, uh, he wanted to be yeah. Cosby. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, And Cosby, you know, called him and was like, you know, he, Richard started saying, nigga, and was doing And Cosby was like, you know, that's not what, what we do. And Richard was like, he had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And you look at early Richard Pryor, he, his comedy was not the same. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, He took this turn and he became him. Mm-hmm. And it was. He took the suit off. It, he did, and I think what what young comedians, especially black comedians, you know, I see a lot of white ones too. It's now they they're looking for that thing to desensitize people, and that's whack. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they, he wasn't doing it to desensitize. He was being himself. That's so funny. Again, Chris Thayer and I, who was a couple episodes ago, we he loves Richard Pryor, and mm-hmm. he's he's this he's this tiny white kid, which is funny for the story to picture. We were driving around doing comedians talking about how they love Pryor and how they're like Pryor and they're like and I know I'm repeating a bit but I want you to hear it which is like uh, they were like I just love Pryor he had that honesty he brought he brought racism right to the forefront which is what I do in my comedy and then you see them on stage and they're like white honky bitch like just <laughs> no, nothing profound about it it's like that's what I do Asian people can't cry it's like what the fuck that's not what he did right he did him he did talk about walked a lot do you yes. Russell Simmons book your friend Russell I'm just saying <laughs> you should do you. We're all just trying to reduce ourselves down to the to the base where your real sexuality is, where your real personality is, where where the real you is. I think that's the key to the world. That is the key to the world. Uh, Fucking Steve Jobs knew it. Yeah, no, seriously, that he's was, that trying was just, to get to himself. I would, when you read that book, one of the things I tripped off of was like he wasn't like great. He wasn't like a great scientist. He wasn't like a great programmer he wasn't like a great inventor but what he was able to do was see the greatness in things and he wasn't afraid to to take this bottle and say this bottle would be better designed or take that say and this this would be better designed in a box you right. know what i'm saying like right. he was able to like look at people oh you mean the water box yeah the water box he was able to look at people's you know like that's a box of water you know what i'm saying right. and it's it's brilliant in in aspect of but he know he would know how to get that and make it reach the mainstream. Right. He would know how to make the mainstream. So he would say, you know what? But it does look kind of like milk, and people right, don't like right, to drink right, milk. Right, we right. should probably make it light blue. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, or we right. should probably put a clear panel on it, or do we do do something right, that right, right. he understood how people, uh, what people like empathize with, and pe- what people became is sensitive. That will? <laughs> what that's, people that's became, will, isn't it? <laughs> what people became became sensitive to. Um, you know, so it's 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 always really interesting, right? And and he and he came through it partially, at least through acid. And I do want you to tell that acid story. Oh yes, yeah. this story made me never want to do acid. <laughs> in, in, in fact, I may never do acid because of this story. So I was young. I was you know. Did Steve Jobs meditate? By the way, he did. Yeah. See, I just started doing that, and this is. I, I was actually. I was like, I'm going to tell Kenny about this because I was like, you're one you of those fucking guys. I do love it. What do you love about it? It's everything that I'm hoping it would be. I've only been doing it a couple of weeks or a week. I what think? is the key to what is I've never like is, is it you listen to your breath? It's transcendental meditation is very very simple. You get a mantra. That's that's the tricky thing. You get you you have to have a teacher and they give you the technique and they te- give you a mantra. Are you still with a teacher now? 
I can give you the teacher's no, info. I'm sorry, are you still at a teacher stage or are you on Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm on the outside. Okay. But it's basically, I just saw the Beatles talking about it, you know, and, and they explain it pretty well. It's just a mantra, it's a vibration that you repeat and it just quiets your mind. And then Do you bo- say it out loud? You don't say it out loud. Okay. In fact, I just did this on the air. I flew in from Atlanta and I was so restless. I meditated on the plane. So I'm sitting there and it just looks like a dude napping. Okay. But I was like going to the other side. <laughs> it was like amazing. Do you go to the other side? See, that's the fucking thing that I'd like to tell you. I talk to a lot of people and they're like, no, it's not really like that. Yes, it is. You're doing it wrong. Go deeper. You know what I mean? You can relieve stress. But those guys, the fucking Beatles and Steve Jobs and uh, I forget his name. I believe it's Marishna. Marishna, I I looked at Katie. Katie, you're big into this. (laughs) (laughs) I I I can't remember how to pronounce his name. But these guys were doing it to go in, to like break to the other side, to lift the veil, all that sort of stuff. And it's absolutely... One of the things that I noticed about it, and we can talk more off mic and I'll give you some info or whatever, but I can get to a place of feeling the physical high of mushrooms. You know when you take mushrooms yeah. or whatever, the first thing you notice is that you feel kind of tingly and, yes. and delightful. Yes. And there's a release of stress. I can get there in a – and I'm not bragging. How long? There's a type of, type of spiritual bragging. I'm telling you a couple minutes. Wow. And it's, and it's not as intense. I'm not here to say that. Yeah. Sometimes it is. I just start laughing. I'll laugh. And this is just – But aren't you supposed to think about nothing – that that's the great thing that's about that's the great thing about this technique is yes I guess you could say meditation is trying to quiet your brain uh-huh. but this technique that the Beatles were doing and I bet Steve Jobs was doing is there's no there's no like stop thinking there's no like oh you're doing it wrong you're breathing wrong you're sitting wrong you're thinking about too many things there's a song in your head it's like just go back to the mantra everything will be fine the way you're doing it is correct the way you think is correct it's not like stop being you is your breathing part of it. It, nobody once told me how to breathe. Nobody once told me how to sit. Nobody. All they said was close your eyes and do this spe- spe- uh, specific thing. Is it well? This specific <laughs> every time, every time. Uh, and and it really does get me to a place where I'm not really seeing visuals or anything. But I guarantee I'm going to I'm going to get there. Which wow. is going to be awesome. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'll my t- wife grew up in. You know about self realization. Is that, that's that place. Yes. My, my therapist told me to go. My wife grew up going to self-realization. My really? Wife's, my wife's... Uh, my wife's... Your uh, wife is awesome. My wife's mixed. Her mom's a, a, a hypnotherapist, and her dad is white and gay. Really? And they were hippies, and her mom knew that what he was, and they have... Her dad is the sweetest, best grandfather, you know what I'm saying, possible. Like, really? They have this amazing... Still have this amazing relationship. And it's so interesting because they grew up during... Are they, they still together? No, no, no. They, okay. they weren't. So um, he's he's... Being himself yes, now, <laughs> yes. Um, but he was not not himself then. I, it I was during the time of right. like, you know, I'll try a woman. I love you. It's not about man or woman. It's about love. And I right, love you. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Um, but like he he grew up taking her to self realization with Yogananda, and so she like uh-huh. you know, talks to me about this, you know, a lot. Right. Of um, I'm surprised you haven't tried it. I'm. I'm I don't know if I need, I need. I would love to. I'm so. If you want to go to self realization, I'll go with you. Because yeah, appara- apparently that. they they'll teach you some that's, meditation. That's, that's stuff. what they're supposed to. They're yeah. supposed to do. And better. they do it for free. I paid for it. I paid for a class. Okay. But I think the the style that they teach is different from what I learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful that I learned transcendental. They do breath. Yeah, this isn't breath. This isn't like close one nostril or or, or do this or that. It's it's literally the most uh, fluid. It fits into your life perfectly. And it's the least invasive. Yours sounds like what I would need. I think you would love it. You know what I'm saying? Of just like something, you know what I'm saying? Just minutes of release. I did it, I did it today. You do, you do it 20 minutes twice a day. For those of you that listen to all of the shows, I got it from Dana Gould. Dana Gould was telling me wow. about it. 
And he was like, you do it 20 minutes a day. He was one of those stress guys. But then I talked to my teacher. I was like, I'm not here for stress. Look, I do have stress, but like I, I'm also seeking. I'm looking to play with God if he's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, either he is or he isn't. I'm fine either way. But like, let's, let's, is this I'm, spiritual I'm at least look in that aspect? Do you feel like you hear God? They don't. Well, that's what the Hare Krishnas are all about, is that they're, they're looking to meet and literally play with God. They, mm-hmm. they want to interact in real time tit to mouth with God. Like and that's why frisbee, they're, they're like, chi- <laughs> <laughs> or just throw the ring, the, the ring of Saturn. To them. <laughs> you, uh, but that, that's what they're doing. They're looking for here and now. It's not proof, but experience. And I envy that. I think that's, that's cool. Um, because like, if that can happen, I'd like to do it. And they do it by chanting different things. You know, George Harrison was big into that. Then he was kind of, he was kind of a closet. Hare Krishna, I learned from watching this movie about him. Uh, but those guys chanted and got to another place. And I was like, oh, that sounds like something I'd like to look into. It seems like, it seems silly to not look in that room. It's that- so weird because when you have kids, I, I, don't, I, I love Buddhism. Sure. You know what I'm saying? As a, as a, as a philosophy, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I would totally take that, but I don't want my to want my kids to feel like they're weird. I remember you saying that. You know what I'm I don't want my kids to feel like, oh, they're the Buddhist little Buddhist kids. You right. Know what I'm so I feel like I'm, you know, sticking well, with Christianity could... because it's it's the mainstream. You know I understand, saying? but you know, and, and that's what's great about about the style of meditation is it doesn't care what faith you are. Right. And the thing they they do all these studies. It's great for disease prevention. It's great for stress. And then they take it to violent inner city schools, all girls schools. This all-girls school where every day there were like four fights. People were fucking each other up. They taught them this thing. takes a couple minutes to learn. They would do it twice a day. It was part of school. This, the, all these, all these uh, violent, like, past girls learned it. No fights. Is this, is this a true story? That's a true story. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That's what the David Lynch Foundation is all about. Wow. They're, they're taking it. Paul McCartney, Moby, all these guys, Russell... Uh, Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. All these guys are huge meditation guys. Russell Simmons, huge meditation guy. And it's not because of just stress. It's not just because I'm like, oh, I feel a little tense. We're fucking looking for truth. At least I am. I can't speak for anybody else. But when I'm closing my eyes and I'm letting my brain detach from my body, it's because I'd like somebody to go, hey, here's, here's some spiritual wisdom. And either that's a, 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 a physical phenomenon. Right. And we don't have souls and, we're, and there is no God. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Get me there. Either way, because that feels like truth to me. You know that's what I mean? Great. It, uh, I'm sorry, I got so no, that's preachy. Great. It's the first time it's come up on the show. <laughs> that's, great. that's great. Well, so where were we? We were talking about acid, and you took it, and oh, I, may, so I, I may never do it again. I, take, I may never do it. If I can take some acid one time, I think I had taken like once or twice before. <laughs> and the thing with acid, and you can know this from mushrooms, is the moment who you're doing it with. And where you're at when you do it yeah. has a huge amount to do with your trip. You know what I'm saying? Same yes. thing mushrooms. You cannot do mushrooms with a group of like strangers or right. douchey people. They say acid even more so. Somebody was like, stay inside when yes, you take acid. Dude, you know I'm saying? Mushrooms is like, go outside. Oh, really? Yeah. Acid is like, get some colorful sheets and play an album that you really like and stay inside and don't, don't look at people. <laughs> I was with a group of like really aggressive guys Yikes. who like invited some girls over like and were like, like really like we're gonna get acid and fuck these girls you know what i'm saying like really like, like a you, terrible idea <laughs> it's like, like 
like really using it like you know drugs drugs like a make, drug. drugs make girls fuck we're gonna do this you oh, know what I'm saying God. didn't run wasn't like you know maybe one of my good friends were there but I fucking went in the bathroom this is, wasn't like a spiritual awakening this wasn't no. like I'm not gonna take it that I might guide you no it, like <laughs> it was like hopefully this will get these girls loosened up I fucking t- take the fucking acid and I'm like I'm feeling weird I'm feeling like just not feeling quite, you know, weird. You mean waiting for it to kick in? You already feel weird? I'm, I'm waiting for it to kick in, and it's starting to kick in, and it's kicking in weird. You know, usually it starts with a lot of tracers. You know what I'm saying? You start seeing your hand. You get that tingly feeling. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It did. It kicked in strong, and, like, I got paranoid kind of quick. You know what I'm saying? So I have to go shit. You know, I don't know if, my, you know, like, you start to have to. Like, I think there are a lot of people that when they take hallucinogens, that you shit. You have to go shit. So, so I'm shitting, and... The bathroom was like a like next to the toilet was like a mirrored like wall. Worst worst thing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm shitting. A paranoid dump <laughs> in front of a mirror. And so I'm shitting and I'm like you know I'm doing like that knee knee shake as I'm shitting because it's like really affecting me. And I look over. Oh no. And like the way that I'm crouched, I thought I had turned into like I saw the, the hair. I thought I had turned into a uh, a werewolf. Yes. And I was like. Fuck. Because you said also when you told me the story that something about the crouching, the crouching, the way you're crouched, the way you're, you're shitting, you're, yeah, you know, you're how your legs look. So I'm looking at my body. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So I'm in there like 35, 45 minutes. They start knocking the door. Dude, what are you doing? Come on. I'm like, no, man, I'm not coming out right now. I'm not done. Because like, I'm a werewolf. I'm like, is... if you if I come out here, you're gonna kill me. Yeah. I'm not telling them that. Right. But I'm like, they'll kill me because People... you would kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you should kill me. Right. I'm a werewolf. And I just was like, I must have been in an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just was like. Did you shit? Yes, I shit it. You know what I'm saying? But I remember looking at myself being like, this is, I shouldn't have did taken your fa- it. Did you have the goatee at the time? No, I think I was a hairy. I, I used to have like a hairy beard. Kind of like I th- last time I saw you had a beard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like scraggly, one of those like kind of, all the bat- hair had grown on, all the wrong things. Yes. When you're starting to have werewolf hallucinations. <laughs> 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 Not an ideal table setting for a werewolf hallucination. Yeah, it was, and it was like I was like, "This is why you don't take drugs, Kenya." Like, but in my yeah. mind, I'm thinking this was the effect the drug had right, on me. Right. Was it turned me into a werewolf? Oh, so you start, not a hallucination. You were like, I am a werewolf. Oh, I'm, oh, that's See, that's a, one of the dangerous things oh, about no, drugs. You is, feel like you. That, you it's not it's a hallucination. You you're not like, like oh, I, I think I look like a werewolf. You're like, I do look like a werewolf. Yes. I'm the guy. That when he took acid, turned into a werewolf. And some things with acid, you feel like you're, you're aware that's a hallucination. You're like, yeah. your head's a donut. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, you're right. like, that looks funny. And some t- things you're like, that's real. And that's where the, the you know, you hear, everyone hears those stories of the guy who thought he was a glass of glass orange, of orange juice. juice. You know what I'm saying? And Because he took it every day. Right. But it, then, have you heard about the basketball coach? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't represent these stories that have sports in them. But there was a basketball coach. Fuck, I wish I knew. Could you Google basketball coach acid? I'm sure it'll come up. There was this guy, and he and he was a basketball coach for some team. <laughs> we'll fill in these facts later. Took acid every day. He went to, like, Hawaii for 90 days. Okay. And he, all he did was sit on the beach and took acid every day. Okay. Didn't talk to anybody. Didn't do anything but sit and recreate. And when he was done with his 90th trip, was like... I get basketball now, and then took his team to the championship. He's some no. some huge coach. Wow! Do, do we get it? Yeah, hold on. It's okay. I'll get fifty emails about this. <laughs> uh, but like, so there's that, and then there's the guy that what made me think, what made the story come to mind, is the, that guy who took acid every day, loved it, had never had a bad trip, and then the uh, one the one time that the media was there, 
like he was being interviewed for some magazine, presumably High Times, and uh, he took it, and that's when he got stuck. And he he now from from folklore. We believe he's that in this the, he's in the in a mental, mental situation, yeah. right? Yeah, and believes he's a glass of orange glass juice. Glass of orange juice, like it, it just fucked him up, and it co- and it's a it's a, it comes and goes. That's oh, really? The thing about acid is that you will have another, you will have a flashback. I, I people uh, people the, are adamant about that. Sometimes we talk about this on the show, and I get emails, and and people will be like, "Flashbacks are bullshit. That doesn't happen." But do I, you have I, werewolf flashbacks? No, but you don't have flashbacks. Like you have. You feel like you're high. I mean, yeah. it's not like you're having some major. I understand that but you have like um, like you feel that feeling. It's the power of suggestion too. It, Absolutely, it, it's like if I, I, I've said this on the show before, and I'm sorry for, for for repeating myself, but it's the idea that if you sit around and think a lot about mushrooms and how they make you feel, you'll start feeling it a little sure. bit. Sure, there's a memory in there. It takes you. It opens up another level of your brain, another place. That in your consciousness. Brain. Yeah, and so there, t- the idea that you won't. Remember where that place that place was yeah. open. It's kind of it's kind of counterintuitive. Your you know brain knows how to get back there, sure, without the assistance of chemicals, and that's what meditation. I, I see. I'm the, I'm the weirdo that's like, let's put some breadcrumbs on that path. I want to know how to get there. Mm-hmm. These fucking other brain birds keep eating it, but I'm going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fucking find it. Let's see. Uh, we covered so many awesome things. You're raising your well. Let's. Do we want to tell the credit card story? Does it feel forced? It's it, yeah, it's, it's out of place. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Jackson. Boom. Hold on. I love that Pete is that out of touch with best, best, Phil Jackson. Pete. Well, 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 whoever that, <laughs> that is. Been, no, you're kidding. I don't know who that is. Whoever that no, is. No, you're kidding me. Whoever he is, he wasn't a good coach until he did that acid you're thing. You're kidding me right now. Who does he coach? The Lakers? The, and Michael Jordan and the Lakers. He coached all... Michael the- Jordan was never on the Lakers. He no, played Michael- for the Wizards. <laughs> no, Michael Jordan... <laughs> he was Michael Jordan's coach, and he was the Lakers coach. Oh, okay. He's so like the- he coached the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. And then currently the Lakers? He was the Lakers coach all these... For- when he won them all those... Because he gets basketball because of acid. Zen master. He's a Zen master. That, so you telling me you don't know who Phil Jackson is, rem- yeah. is so I don't I don't I don't I, I part of me doesn't believe it, but right. I'm looking at your face. Yeah. You're yeah. clearly telling the truth. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But it's like sometimes people tell me like I and it's like and I think this sometimes I, I remember I was in a room and I told people I did not know who Neil Young was. Right. And they like. Accosted me. Really? Like a group of writers like accosted me. Yeah. And I was like, well, do you know who DJ Quick is? And for me, right. that's my Neil Young. And, right, they're like, right. and they're like, who? You know what I'm saying? And so we, we he wrote up- Keep on Freestyling in the Free World, right? That's a, that's, a, that's a terrible joke. That is the opposite of laser egg. <laughs> that, was, that was a garbage joke. Um, so DJ Quick, who I don't know who that is, but it's just it's just it seems like such a reference that you would have to. In fact, Phil, Phil Jackson seems like he's an icon. Yeah. You know what it right? is? It, yeah, well, Katie's not the right person. Katie likes the sports, the round balls. You do? Katie likes the That's round awesome. balls and the and the guys love that, that right? Triangle ball. Some guys. I never believe it. If a girl's like, I'm really into sports. I'm like, you're you're doing that to enhance your portfolio. I don't buy it. <laughs> I buy I buy it with Katie. I buy it with Katie. But like most girls are like, let's get a fucking Miller Lite and go watch a game. I'm like. You want a husband? It's, Fucking beat it! It's so. But you know, it's crazy. A lot like that's my, not. That's clearly not my always daughters, true. My, my daughters love watching sports. Now, maybe they love it because it makes them feel closer to me. Yeah. But like, okay, that that I understand. You know what I'm saying? I one of my daughters in particular. Um, I th- I went to the game with her recently. I'm a huge Clippers fan. Go Clippers! Um, <laughs> I went to the game with her recently, and like she's ten, mm-hmm. and I really when I was coming home, I felt this high because I was like. 
I have more fun with my 10-year-old daughter than I have with most grown men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, she just was like, it was such a moment of seeing, mm. like, you know, and so, I mean, just I went with my other daughter recently and had this amazing, amazing time. But, it, you know, it was like I was seeing my daughter. That I don't know if I told you this joke. And when you see moments of your kids being, like, chips off of your old block or whatever, so the guys were like, they throw the, the T-shirts up into the stands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my daughter was like... uh, Hey, hey, Asian dude, I have some noodles and a computer for you. Wait, who said that? My daughter, 10-year-old daughter. And I was like, looked at her, and I was like, oh, my God. And she just sits back and, like, shakes her head and laughs to herself and goes, oh, racism. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I was like, I love you so much. Oh, God. I love you so well, much. Well, see, okay, I'm actually going to take back what I'm saying. If you have an emotional connection like that to sports, your daughter's going to love sports the rest of her life. My brother loves sports. I don't think it's a guy thing. I'm kind of regretting my husband joke, but I, I, <laughs> I, 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 under, I understand what I was saying. But my brother loves sports because my dad made that important to him. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to games with my dad, and I was like, I'm going to make this important to me. But then it didn't yield enough didn't attention to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is bullshit. You guys really do care about the game. I just want to talk. You know what I mean? So me and my mom like learned knitting. or I don't know. What did knit. you play it all? I did. And, and as long as it was getting me attention, I liked it. I was actually How tall are you? 6'6". Six, six. See, same height as Michael. You could Jordan. have really been, and I'm a- left-handed. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. So oh my god! I could have played left-handed lacrosse. I could have played left. You every day and just shook his head. It took a lo- <laughs> it, t- it took a long time before I stopped getting like that. That was a career benchmark for me when my dad stopped saying I could have been a hell of a ball player, mm. and like that. that so it, like when those stopped, I was like, oh, I must be doing something okay because right. he stopped saying that. But I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't have the, the real estate. Sports take up too much of my brain. No, I get that. It's so interesting that you say that because I just was talking about, like, like I want to get in shape. You know what I'm saying? And right. I was looking at these dudes, like, you know, talking about being gay. Like, I find myself looking at dudes sometimes, like, who are buff. And I'm like, I'm not looking at that dude's body. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, he put uh, some time into that. I've right? just gotten to a place. I, Brian Callen, who's a comedian. Mm-hmm. I was, we did a show called Mashup. Mm-hmm. And I was watching his footage. And it's him with his shirt off in front of a fire. Because mm-hmm. it's a fantasy sequence. Mm-hmm. And his fucking body's unbelievable. Right. And I'm there with a girl and a guy. And I like, you know, social mores or whatever say that I'm not supposed to say what I'm thinking. But I just I was like, he's got an incredible body. Right. Yeah, he does. There's nothing crazy about that. There, I, but I, I do. Don't, but you do feel weird sometimes. It still remains a little bit. I'm, I, I had three. I have five kids. My th- oldest three are girls. Change diapers. It was so weird with my with my son. I was afraid to change his diaper because I didn't want to touch his dick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, so, it was so not like that with my daughter because I had grown up touching pussy. You know what right. I'm saying? Like it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't sexual, but in my Very mind, weird. I'm like, this is me touching a dick. Right. I'd never touched another dude's dick. Right. You know what I'm saying? In right, my right. entire life. Even though it's your son, you're Even still like, it's still, it's still like a dick. I'm touching a dick and, and a I'm, baby dick. I've never touched a dick. You know what I'm saying? And it turns out the dicks you like are tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I regret that and also not at all. Um, but you got over that, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was a weird thing. And I told my wife and she just laughed. But I just was like, I've never touched another dude's dick. Right. You know but, you, but you have touched – going back to my own point, you have touched your own dick. I have touched my own dick, but it's just – it was a little bit of a hump because for so long – See, that's honesty. Uh, I get it. You know what I'm saying? For no, so long. No judgment here. Your kids are so interesting. Like you learn so much about your kids. My daughter, oldest daughter is growing up now and – my oldest daughter is growing up now and I – 
the other day, you know what I'm saying, she, I, you know, I always would walk in the room, you know what I'm saying, where they're giving me a bath where she's 12, and she was like, Dad, bring my town. I brought her a town. I walked in, and I was like, oh, shit, that's a titty. Right. That's a real titty. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's not the little girl titty. That's like, that's becoming a real, and I was like, bro. Right, right. I just saw a titty. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I was like, it fucked me up. You yes. know what I'm saying? I was like. I didn't grow up with sisters and I don't have any kids. Right. And I'm glad you're bringing this up. I've always thought it was weird because I always used to say to my guy friend who had sisters, mm-hmm. isn't it fucking weird to you to think that if we could cover up the head, you'd be attracted to the body? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's your sister, but you only know that from the face. So if we, if you didn't see the face, you'd be like, yeah, that's hot. I like that a lot. Rip off the bag. Hi, it's your sister. <laughs> that, that's Carol. You have a boner for your sister. You know right. what I'm saying? Did you grow up in a naked household? A little bit. We have a naked household. Really? Like, it's very people, like, you know, uh, walking around, like, you know what I'm saying? Your wife, too, in front of, like... Oh, my wife's the most naked of all of them. You know what I'm saying? Can I come it's, over? It, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit different Kenny's for wife is hot. Because dudes walking around naked, you have... It's like, our dicks are weird. You schlong dicks are around, weird. You know what I'm saying? They're weird. But, I, you know, it's weird, like... And kids learn, because I notice, like... My son and all the kids, but like I'll take a shower and they come and they do that like look down thing as they're talking to you. And you're like, you're looking at my dick. You right, know what I'm saying? But right. I don't want to make a big deal about it. Right. Because you're just really just right. being a kid. But you're looking like, at my dad dick. Yeah. You're like, you know, and it's like, it's making me uncomfortable, but I don't want to make you uncomfortable by saying something. But it's like, you know that they're like explore. But not, yeah. But it's just, look, it's if weird. you're in a shower and you're a kid and there's a dick in the shower, the dick is the focus. Yeah. It's like a fist fight. You can't not look at it. Yes. You're going to explore. Yes. We all, I think, I feel like every guy has the, we all have the same corporate memory. If you ever showered with your dad, you could sketch your dad's dick. <laughs> it's so traumatic. It's so it's traumatic. It's huge to you when it's you're a kid. It's also huge. You're like, Jesus Christ, huge. that's a huge dick. It's huge. I probably thought my dad's dick was bigger than you thought your dad's was. Is this a black joke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that is perfect. We can't we can't top that. Let, let's end it there. My man. Kenny. A great time. Thank great, you, man. dude. You're the best. We got to do it again. It we'll do awesome, it again. There's dude. so much we didn't cover. I loved it. We and that's talked. my favorite one. Oh, can you say keep it crispy? That's how we end the show. Okay. You really? Yeah, we really no. do. That's that's a thing. Really? Yeah, but it, we don't. then I learned it was a hip-hop thing. I thought it was just a dorky I love me it. thing. Um. We're here on uh, You Made It Weird. You Make It Weird. Keep, you Made It Weird. You y'all. Made It Weird. Yeah. Keep it crispy. Yes! All right, please. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 